episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to build your own online website, portfolio, or store. You can go to squarespace.com and use the promo code THUMBS for 10% off your first purchase. It's great. You'll love it. It's time for the jokes, the japes. It's time for the things that NeoGAF loves. Thanks, bro one. That was like classic trolling, too. That it wasn't was good, even, yeah. Like, so it is a relative scale thing, right? Because in the age of Gamergate, yes, this is like getting that just classic. Like, These guys just suck. I'm like, oh, 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 oh exactly. It's like getting on <laughs> an so airplane, better. and they're like, you just need to go through the metal detector, right? You just need to put your stuff through the X-ray and go through yeah. the metal detector. Exactly. You can't just walk we're through not gonna- a hallway, <laughs> but you don't have to just. We're not Nobody gonna, needs to touch your butt. We're not going to demean you in this incredibly complex way. It's just a little bit of a bump on your way yes. right. to where you're going. We, we, we have not yet devised the most <laughs> complex dehumanizing methods right. of, of you guys sapping your spirit. Your podcast yeah, is you're bad. Just, you're just shitty. Yeah. Classic 1998 trolling. Yeah, just... Oh. It's the wave you can surf instead of the wave that demolishes your house, yes. really. What else is it? It's November 12, 2014! <laughs> this is Idle Thumbs 184. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Jake Rodkin. I'm Danielle Riendo. There is a goddamn ghost in this house. There's a venom-shaped ghost. Yeah. Sean is not with us this week because he's in the other room occasionally <laughs> screaming. <laughs> screaming things about yeah. the date and yeah. what's he's, going on in life. He stopped listening now, though, I think. I think so too. <sighs> so how's it going, everyone? It's good. It's review season. Oh God, what is that? That's mean? true. Is that a, is that crazy for you? I mean, I guess you're not doing as many reviews. Yeah, I'm not uh, doing does as that many mean reviews. that it's roll up to the holiday town? Yeah, it's, you you roll right up, and you're like, hey, holiday town, I want give me an Assassin's Creed and a Call of Duty, and a- well, Assassin's Creed is a little deliberately late to the review season party by twelve hours or yes, something, by right? Precisely twelve hours. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not doing as many reviews, but I am playing everything nice. or attempting to play everything this what, year. What kind of everything are you playing? So I, let's see, in the last week I've played Costume Quest 2, I've played Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, I've played a game I can't talk about, I've played Codename Steam on the 3DS, I've played Super Smash Brothers for Wii U, I've played, um, what's the other big game that I've played? Dragon Age? Not yet. Not Dragon Age yet, but... That is the one that I am I think most that's, interested in. Yeah, that's definitely up. So what good are you? <laughs> well, no, she said I'm she played useless. Smash Brothers for the Wii U, so yes. I feel like the list didn't need to go much farther than that. That's oh, true. <laughs> it's really true. It's really good. Eight-player Smash is a lot of fun. It's. Have you played it with eight people? Yes. Oh, man. How, I mean, yeah. yeah. It's it's completely crazy. I mean, I've been playing it. Um, I've been doing the eight-player Smash with bots as well mm-hmm. as a mix of humans, but I have played it with eight people, and it's 
really fun. I mean, it, it feels like exactly like what it should be. Just more chaotic smash that is more ridiculous. It's harder to tell who you are. But you can also do fun things like uh, something I did the other day is I put one Diddy and seven Donkey Kongs in the Donkey Kong arena and just had a little Donkey Kong party. There's another time we put eight Little Macs in one arena and just they all suicided off the you know, off the cliff and things <laughs> Man, like that. That way of like <laughs> interacting with games is something I have not done recently. It's, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just the sort of the the experiment interaction where you're just like I don't know hundred X damage, no items go. Yep. Right? Just that that kind Smash of Smash Brothers like, is all about that though. Yeah, Especially yeah, 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 totally when is. either when you get bored of it or when it just has a weird corner that you find. And that's <laughs> that seems to be even more the case or more in, in more encouraged or at least more readily allowable in both 3DS and Wii U Smash Brothers just because they have 7,000 variants of how to play the game, even just within yes. the main menu itself. And I think even more so with the Wii U version, I think having eight players makes that even more outrageous. Yep. Like having having one of one character and then seven of an identical other character, yep. like that... It's great. <laughs> seven times as many... <laughs> Anything as one thing just makes for hilarious times, or can I'm, if you choose good things. Yeah, I'm absolutely. at this point unbelievably excited for the new Super Smash Brothers, and the reason for it is dumb because it is the eight player thing. Because the eight player thing is why is that dumb? The eight yeah, player thing is dumb, hilarious, it's but it's also the least practical mode, right? Like Super right, Smash. How Brothers, often are you gonna have seven people at your yeah, house? Even even four player Smash Brothers traditionally becomes a disaster unless you're playing with stock with lives instead of a time so that people get eliminated over time like I, I imagine eight players playing with lives would be really fun just because it would start off as complete cacophony but eventually it just boils down to there being one versus one it does but the it's the, great the thing that, so it's almost like musical chairs for a while right yeah, it's just no like is, just yeah. complete bubbling bouncing Rackiness. nonsense yeah the thing that eight player made me remember though is that this is the first smash brothers that shows up in hd which means that you can have eight players on screen, and if you're playing in a huge level like uh, the Hyrule Temple level or something, mm-hmm. that's the one I want. Or the play Great Cave Offensive, because because which even, even which one's that? What? It's from one of the Kirby games. The Great Cave Offensive is, that a is new level? the biggest. Yeah, it's new. Oh. It's it has in that a style, lot of, though, of just a huge, massive. It's it. The characters show up. You know, it's like tiny, tiny right. little oh, itty bitty wow, okay. characters in it. It's great. Like in the GameCube yeah. version, which I think is where the Hyrule Temple first showed up. It was an, an SD game, and if you were playing yeah. it with four players, you could split on different sides of the map into two one-versus-one matches, basically, that would then occasionally cross mm-hmm. over each other. But it was really hard to play that because people had small TVs and because they were only 480 pixels tall. Yeah. But now they're measurably more than that. They're uh, t- 1080 pixels tall, and the screen real estate is twice as big. Yes. I don't know. Like... Yeah, it will still be stupid and insane, but I like I I'm looking forward to seeing the sort of break apart and re sort of coalescing of fights on larger maps on an HD screen, which is the thing that I hadn't thought about until I watched videos of eight player Smash Brothers. Yeah, it it works really well in that way. And, you know, I've had matches where basically, you know, three people were sort of beating up on one and then they rejoined the fray and then there was complete chaos and then the tables kind of turned one of those people that was beating up on one of the, you know. Uh, the mismatch sort of groups. I don't know. It's really, really fun the way it just sort of all flows together. I mean, certain maps are not well adjusted. Yeah, for, totally. For yeah. eight people. Um, and you can actually only play on, I think it's like 10 ish maps, at oh, least okay. from the start. So they, okay. So they, they definitely sort of, um, you know, sort of sliced it down to like, this will at least work 
you know, um, in right. this arena. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but it's still, I don't know. I guess, I guess without that, you run the risk of, of the, I don't know. I, I always associate this with Halo multiplayer um, or like Starcraft one back in the day sure. of people sort of optim like getting weirdly obsessed with game modes on maps that are terrible for them. <laughs> yes. Um, and, I always made me wish that the designers just kind of said, you know what? These Not these. Ones for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And they, and they did here and I think they did a good, a good job with it. Um, Anything else stand out in that besides the eight player stuff? Cause I know like when the 3ds one came out, it had that whole unique weird mode where you're inside of the interconnected cave worlds that you then sort of build yes. up items to get into a final arena match. And that was exclusive to the 3ds one, which made me think, does the Wii U have, other like does it have its own sort of hallmark mode besides eight player shit show yes it does there is a mode that is basically like and uh don't don't freak out when i say mario party here because it's nothing huh? like mario what? party huh? but there's a game board where you like and, mario party <laughs> exactly that's the only part that's actually like mario party you're on a board with your other players and i i don't know exactly how many it supports i did this with four players um let's assume it's four player um and you're basically running around that board. You're getting little boosts. It's it's very much like running around sort of a 2D platformer, only you are actually also fighting other people. You're sort of getting into skirmishes as you meet them on the board, and you are gaining characters to sort of like use in a final fight. Is the map or is the board presented like the map in 3D Mario 3D World or something? Like how does it? It's it's presented like a board in in Mario Party. In Mario Party, okay. Yeah, it's sort of a static board with a you know set number of spaces. Mm -hmm. Only there are cards that represent different characters scattered around the board and sort of buffs scattered around the board, like you know, up your speed or up your defense or so on and so forth. And the better you do in that game, the more you have going into the final battle. Okay, so this is totally the equivalent of that 3DS it weird is, platforming more, Metroid thing. Yeah, only it's more multiplayer oriented. Okay. Yeah, but it's fun. I, I enjoyed it. You know, it's not like going to be the seller of the game by any means, but right. it's, it's fun. And I have had fun with it with other people. Yeah, no, that was, I mean, a thing that I really enjoyed about the 3DS game is it felt like they... They put a lot of work, obviously, into the core, just arena fighting yeah. game Smash Brothers stuff. But then they went out of their way on the 3DS, at least, and it sounds like on the Wii U version, to just mix it up and to give you a bunch of stuff to do either when you're with friends or when you're by yourself. Yeah. Just like if you want to not just run Smash, 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 totally. Smash, you can just dick around. Yeah, I, I really like that mode. I really, really like the uh, sort of the level creator. And, you know, not everybody's going to get that into That was on this. a couple of the, of the previous ones, wasn't it? Or at least, uh, it was at least on uh, I think it was, Brawl um, on the Wii. Yeah, it might have been the, Brawl. What is the nature? I've not used that. What is the At least on the Wii, you, you build things out of cubes. Arenas. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, Just out of blocks and shapes and stuff? Or? Yeah, you're actually able to sort of use the little, uh, like the gamepad itself and like the stylus Halo. to draw oh, shit. areas. So it's really cool and in, actually pretty intuitive. Weird. So it's fun. I've been making stupid arenas and playing with them and, you know, testing them out, that sort of thing. The Amiibo stuff, I feel like, is, is actually worth mentioning because That's I kind of think it's interesting. Thing, right? yeah. it's, it's their answer to <laughs> Skylanders in Disney oh, Infinity. right, right, right. Yeah, right, yeah. It, it is, but I kind of think of it more like a virtual pet than just sort of a little avatar because you, you train your little AI, basically, to, you know... 
Do you need the little? You need the toy figurine yeah. for this to work. You need, you need the toy. So you buy your Luigi, who's doing his weird sort of fall over yes. taunt, and you set it down <laughs> on a base that's paired to the system. Is that right on the gamepad itself? Yeah. Oh, what? Okay, weird. It, it, apparently, huh. they built the gamepads to work with these okay. figures, so you don't they need any did that any didn't extra tell equipment. That they were doing that? Does that work with normal touchscreens? You'd have to build something for that, right? Presumably, I, it's, yeah. There's got to just be some. It's actually a section. It's not the screen itself. It's a section of the gamepad. Oh, sort of the bottom. So left they just had area. this in there. That exactly. Was just there for Two years <laughs> before they ever made amiibo figures. That's really funny. I think it's weird. I, it's kind of fun. I don't think you need it to enjoy Smash, but it's, it's more fun <laughs> than terrible. than I was thinking it would be when I first. Sort so of wait, heard what do you do? You Trent? You you have a little virtual pet Luigi? Y- yeah, you have a little virtual pet Luigi. I have a little virtual Jake, pet it's Mario. What you love. You know. know, you have a Mario. I have a Mario. That's fine. I actually. It's what they sent. You know, I didn't know. But Mario's he's 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 a good guy. Mario. Oh, I know. I wanted a Donkey Kong, but it's alright. We not don't one, always not, get what we want. Not one of the shitty Kongs. <laughs> not one of the shitty ones. He's one of the good ones. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun with that. Oh. Wait, sorry. I don't understand what the what the amiibo does besides be a pet. What do you it's mean? It's basically like, a pet that you can bring into any battle at any time, and it, it's actually like a pretty cool AI character. Like as an assist trophy sort of situation? Like as just, like you, you summon... This guy and yeah, they fight alongside you and then they oh, leave. Weird. Yeah, so, you can do that, or do you, you can, or you can make it against you. You can put it on your team. You can make it, it a random does it other feel like fighter. A benefit versus people who don't have that. No, not really. I mean, it's it's sort of like, do you want a cool AI as opposed to just the usual level nine or whatever level AI that you're setting your bots to? It's basically oh, like I, so a I good thought you bot. Meant, I thought you meant you could bring this character in to fight alongside you as like an ally in a multiplayer match. Oh, like, not what? unless you're on the same team. No. Otherwise, okay. it's it's just a what cool virtual so, pet. So AI. just you, so just you have this character yeah. that you are doing things to somehow. Do you like feed it, or what do you do to it? You just bring it into fights. That's it. Okay, and it learns from you. It learns from your style, and it'll do the things that you do. Like if you're particularly like if you like a lot of air attacks, it'll do a lot of air attacks. Okay. Things like that. So it can mm. you can just have it's a little pet, basically a sort of thing that learns from your play that you can then bring in as a bot to fight against yes. or to pair up with you in a team match yes exactly but other than that it's just an ai yes okay it's not a, you don't have to feed it, it have a little, or comb it its hair a little or anything pen where there's like <laughs> a little like wario walking around like eating hay and stuff God, i mean that would be cool that's better that's i would i would have liked eating that. hay yeah like in a little <laughs> grass-fed <laughs> wario yeah. artisanal grass-fed non-hormone wario right. kobe so wario <laughs> kobe Kobe Wario. Oh, so Wa-Kobe Wario. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Warupichu. Warupichu. So I wanted to tell you, Jake, about the most exciting thing. Me? This is really exciting. So Captain Toad, you were excited about Captain Toad, right? I'm, yeah. What is Captain Toad? Okay. Uh, okay. So inside of Mario 3D World, there were, in, like, in each world, um, one of the levels was a Captain Toad level where you'd play as a toad who has like a mining helmet on and he can't jump. So all you can do is move him around and rotate the camera. And you're sort of inside this elaborate puzzle box that's played from a fi- fixed perspective where the camera rotates. It's the, the camera presentation is actually very similar to, um, man, what is that iOS game that looks like MC Escher drawings? Oh, Oh, uh, Ma- Monument, Monument Valley. Valley. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not a hundred percent the, um, like MC Escher trick of right, perspective but stuff, style of but it's that style, yeah. and you're so you're, you're yeah. controlling a platforming character who's a, and your objective is just to collect all of the like coins or objects or whatever in this level, mm-hmm. but you can't jump. So there's 
enemies that move around on and patrol. This is part of super. Yeah, it's what? just it's just because Mario 3D World. Mario 3D World. Mario 3D World is like. It already has that kind of weird perspective. It's the every right? and it's yeah, sort it of everything in the kitchen sink Nintendo game where there's like five thousand suits but and you can wear Nintendo all sorts of hats. Nintendo in general, though, is really good at this, which is putting really clever, seemingly self-contained little puzzle or um, v- subversions of the game that they're inside that yes. like hone hone it, in absolutely. on one. Like, it's very similar to like on in, in Mario Sunshine. Now it had game? like the super hardcore platforming yes, only levels, which, which, loved, yeah. which then I feel kind of probably informed Mario Galaxy. Yeah, that definitely, series. definitely. Yeah. And so the, the Captain Toad stuff. levels are just like pure space navigation energy or enemy dodging timing stuff. But then also occasionally it does have the sort of MC Escher style stuff where perspective actually yeah. creates gates. I think, or at least like there's things that are hidden and, and exposed by spinning yeah, the camera. Exactly. But they took that and they've made a game that's entirely that. Yes. Um, and it, I mean, it looks like because it's more drilled down, the fidelity of the art is a lot higher and stuff like that because they're not building it entirely. They're not using the, the tool yeah. set meant for a huge Mario level. They're actually, I don't know, it looks very They're pretty. just focusing entirely on doing these levels really well. And it's so good. I've, I mean, I've only played a preview build so far. I just, you know, got code for it. Um <clears throat> But everything I've played in it so far is awesome. And it just feels like, so they had all these ideas making, Nintendo EAD had all these ideas making Mario 3D World and making right. these levels in it. And then they just decided like, you know, it'd be cool if we just made a whole game of this and made this, yeah. you know, brought this all the way That's to a sort of logical conclusion. That's almost stuff that I want, right? Like yeah, when I totally. played Super Mario Galaxy, I mean, Sunshine, I like Super Mario Sunshine more than some people do. Sure. But still, those like, levels were the favorite good parts were, yeah, yeah, yeah those totally. levels. I'm like, oh, let's play a whole game of that, which they kind of did. Yeah. yeah, they totally do. The best parts of Galaxy are like that. Although yeah, the platforming yeah, yeah. is never as hardcore as it is in yeah, yeah, in yeah. Sunshine. Yeah, that's but true. in Commander Toad, is there anything new that is notable? Like, did they tweak it at all, or is it just additive? I mean, so what they do is they sort of. It just feels like they really explore the formula in interesting and different ways. Like there are definitely levels that are more platformer oriented. You're just not jumping. Right. Like there, there are levels where. You know, all of the all of the things that you're running on are made of the, you know, in Mario, like you run on it and after two seconds it drops. Entire levels are made yeah, out the of donut that. Lift. Yeah, don't exactly the donut contraptions or it's whatever. A donut lift. Donut lift. And you have to dodge enemies at the right time and run as fast as you can. And you you actually have you can shoot things, so that's how you get any of the collectibles in that level. But it's all down to timing. So actually, it's actually like a platformer level without jumping, and Mm -hmm. that's kind of cool because you know that's the core of the Mario series is jumping, and jumping feels really good. And this feels like they're exploring what if we do cool Mario levels with no jumping? Yeah, no, that's cool. I kind of dig it. So that's I'm probably more excited about that than anything else coming out in the next few months. I think that's out um, just about a month from now. I think really early December. That's intense. The thing about the thing yeah. about Commander Toad that I like, well, I like a couple things just just from a total top level thing. Like yeah, you said, totally. taking a lot, taking the entire mechanic set of Mario and then taking jumping out of making a game is cool in and of itself. And the other thing about this game that is appealing to me is it seems like the sort of game that Nintendo would have put out on the GameCube and they would yeah. not have given it the Mario IP. It would have been yeah, like, totally. it would have yeah, just like totally in the Chibi true. Robo era yes. or like Pikmin. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, totally. like it's it's Commander Toad and it's 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 inside of the Mario universe and it has Mario visual language and art. But yes. it's it's the sort of and game you know, that you could, could have just been a random IP yeah, from Nintendo. Totally. Which you could argue, yeah. you know, you could argue that that's a bummer, right? That like that yeah. the same theoretical game could be, you know, like needs this arbitrary license to do well. But 
on the other hand, really that, is, that is going to be the case. Yeah. <laughs> so they might yeah. as well support it in the way that's going to make more people Which check it out. Which is even way more classic Nintendo. And it reminds me of like Yoshi and Yoshi's cookie puzzle games right. on the yeah, GTA yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, totally. um, but yeah, it's, I'm glad that I'm glad that Commander Toad yeah, exists. That's cool. It's, it's cool. It is really cool. And there's one more Nintendo thing I want to tell you guys about. Oh, right. This if you're excited about go, old Nintendo. Going Jake big is. on, going big on Nintendo in the, in the <laughs> opening third of this week's podcast. I, well, I have... Opening sixth. It's oh, going to be yeah. like a seven-hour cast. It's, it's going to be epic. We, that, that math didn't hold up. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> talking about Nintendo. Math doesn't always hold up with Nintendo. Um, I've, I've like you been mean like to... how the Wii is two GameCubes? Yes, exactly. <laughs> One point five, six, seven, eight. I don't know. <laughs> um, I've, that I've number like... is not really getting bigger as much as it's yeah, getting more accurate. It's just, uh, it is, yeah, it's just adding getting bigger. It's just you barely. added like just a, by a, a tiny hundred thousandth place, <laughs> a millionth place. But as... there's growth. You know, yeah, there's definitely growth, growth there. That's a, it's a very it's a very level curve at that point. One point five six versus one point five six seven. Yeah, you know, you got to take growth as it comes. You can't just be picky about these things, especially Nintendo right now. I'm sorry, it's true. Okay, I played Ultimate That's NES true. Remix. Is, how would, okay, no, no, I'll just <laughs> no, go, no, just it's go ahead. cool. Go for it. No, no, I, no, nothing. This is a whole different discussion. I was going to say. It seems like Nintendo why doesn't Nintendo just right? make games for iOS? No, that's oh, not what I was gonna say. <laughs> I was no. just gonna. I was like, why don't they just make games for the Xbox and PlayStation? I like wasn't Sega. gonna say that either. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to ask Danielle. It seems like you're you have a bunch of Nintendo stuff that's coming out that is exciting. Yes. Does it feel di- like does Nintendo's current stuff that they're doing feel more exciting than what it's been? Because I mean. Not that I'm saying Nintendo hasn't been doing cool things recently, but it doesn't seem like anyone's been talking about them very much. And like, it doesn't seem like it's the Wii U has been a vibrant platform that people have been excited about. Really, no, a ton much. of people bought it to play Mario Kart. Right. Yeah, and that's true. Like that's true. Mario Kart coming out and getting some heat, coupled with the announcement of Zelda at E3, I think were the two things that made the Wii U sort of like right. boop, like pop There's up. A little pop. But it doesn't yeah. feel like it doesn't feel like that's a trajectory as much as it's just a bump. Yeah, yeah. it's a little. It's like what you always, what you. It's always what you get with Nintendo platforms, right? You get those guaranteed bumps when mm-hmm. Nintendo announces their big things. But then the test of the platform is like, what's it like when Nintendo's not actively bumping? Right, it? like and. Does it, do you think there's any actual trajectory from this? Or is this just food accidentally cooked just for you is showing up? <laughs> I mean, I really hope there's tra- trajectory Never get food there. metaphors like, in video game discussions. Yeah, I know. Where <laughs> are the mushrooms? Or rather, video game financial and industry discussion can never have enough food metaphors, I think we've learned. <laughs> totally oh, true. I'm sorry, Danielle. I mean, as a, as a Nintendo fan, I'm so excited. I've, you know, I've been playing all these games and getting really excited about them. And it's, I'm more excited about that than pretty much anything else on a console, certainly. Yeah, that's cool. Um, you know, I've sort of been long time been the advocate for if you don't have unlimited resources, the best two platforms to have right now are a PC and a Wii U. Because that way you get Classic. probably the most interesting yeah. stuff or the most, you know, the, the biggest collection of interesting things for sure um so sorry what was the actual other thing you were gonna there was oh, another Nintendo ultimate thing. nes remix oh what is that which is both it's like a greatest hits collection of both the nes remix games which i what are the love. nes remix games so the nes remix games um there have been two um they are basically sort of 
little tiny chunks of really classic games like the old Super Mario Brothers one, you know, one, two, and three. Oh, I think you um, maybe told me about this ages ago. I might ago. have uh, Zelda. You know, it it's basically like greatest hits of the eighties, like the best Nintendo games. But it gives you like single challenges, cut up almost like a WarioWare challenge, right? Exactly. So it basically gives you, um, you know, there are like ten sections. Let's say for each each game has its own little section, and it teaches you the mechanics, like. This is how you use a freeze beam in Metroid. Do this, you know, three times or whatever. And then when you said freeze beam. It took me like <laughs> six seconds to realize you weren't saying like a weird pronunciation of frisbee, like freezebee. <laughs> it's like you get a freezebee. Use that freezebee. Like, I know that's how we say it in Rhode Island. No, it's, it's not frisbee. Um, <laughs> and then there are sections where it's the remix sections where it's like use Peach in Super Mario 3 to save herself or to save Super Mario or, you know, do this Mario level at three times the speed or half the speed. You know, all sorts of wacky little challenges that are mixed in. So it basically teaches you to play these old games and then gives you these weird little WarioWare-esque levels. Okay. That's cool. I love them. I think they're really that fun. That sounds fun. And they're um, finally coming out on um, on the 3DS, which makes sense because, you know, it's it's pretty perfect for a, sure. uh, the, the mobile platform. But the best thing about this one is they're adding in something called Speed Mario, which is the original <laughs> Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> At like four times the speed. Yeah. And it is completely insane. The arc of Mario's jump feels completely different. Like, you know, you're you're running all the time. But then his jump, instead of having that sort of slightly floaty arc, he just goes down, you know. Huh. So you have to sort of relearn the way yeah, Mario cool. jumps. It's, it's just fun. You know, I think they kind of just threw it in as a bonus, but it's actually really yeah. no, interesting to play. That's a really, like, yeah. that's very potent. Speed right? Mario, when speed you, run. When you take something <laughs> yes. that is so ingrained... To anyone who has played platformers basically yeah. ever as Mario's jump and then totally mess with it, it means a really specific weird thing. Yeah, and it's, yeah, that's how it's I felt too. about that. Um, <laughs> about the uh, that arcade Pac-Man game where I was like, everyone oh, knows yeah. how to play Pac-Man, but your mm. perception of how to actually dodge and and win is completely destroyed by the fact that there are just three other Pac-Mans out there. Right. Yes. So I have a follow-up question. Yes. You when you were tossing out like hypothetical challenges from this game or maybe actual challenges from this game you're saying oh for example use peach to save herself or save super mario did you grow up calling him super mario because i feel like there i did you did yes is that an east coast thing because i, think I feel it might like be, that yeah. that is a thing i remember from my youth on the east coast is like instead of people just saying mario actually i would say mario is what i said on, oh, sure, sure. in new york was yeah. uh, i was like super mario it's like, that is his name. The character is Super Mario. Over on the West Coast, we called him Mario. Yeah, I learned hey, that I when, I, when I moved here and got made fun of for calling him Super Mario. Yeah. In Japan, they call him Super Mario. That's true. See, we were just better, you know, in the East Coast. I mean, true. <laughs> no. Anyway, if you... Super Mario. Readers for, uh, I don't know, anthropological curiosity, <laughs> um, if you... In your youth or or present, I guess, um, <laughs> or now, referred to Mario as Super Mario, or had family members who did. Because I, another thing I associate with calling him Super Mario is like your mom or something. Totally, or like yeah. Someone who kind of knows has like played a Mario game, yeah. but isn't like a video game person, sure. right? Like yeah. they're they're aware of Mario as a cultural phenomenon and have maybe played it a couple times. 
They call it super. They call him Super Mario. Yeah, my mom called it Super Mario, and she may have called it Super Luigi too. Actually, nice (laughs) with Luigi. It also though, I was just thinking like it was the Super Super Mario Super Super Luigi the game. I know he got one in the year of Luigi. Super Luigi U. Oh, that's that's right. right. But wasn't it just like a? It was an additional. It was a set of new levels in Super Mario Brothers U. Right, right, right. right. Um, that you played as Luigi, and it was called Super Luigi U. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember now. We've discussed this, and this in- inevitably always leads to where is the Waluigi game? Yes, and the Waru one that needs game. to exist. <laughs> and where is Waru Peachy? Where is Waru Peachy? She's on Tumblr only, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> or DeviantArt, I guess. Yeah. God, yes. Speaking of Tumblr and DeviantArt, Sonic Boom. What? What is Sonic? Boom? I've only played a little of it. What no. is that? It's you just the, wanted it's it. the latest Sonic game. Man, this is the most like video game ass episode I'm of this sorry, show. I've played we, no, 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 so it's many fine. games. It's, it's like, kind of ridiculous. You guys want to hear about the latest Mario game, latest Sonic game? Right. <laughs> All the newest games for both Nintendo and Sega. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's really exciting. It's like 1994 all over again. Yeah. So, so sorry. Go ahead. What is Sonic Boom? <laughs> well, we don't need to discuss this at any great length. Um, it's interesting. But it's, it's a platformer with Sonic and his new friends. They've redesigned oh. Sonic and okay. his new friends. Yep. Anyway. Oh, new shitty His friends. legs are longer than ever before. They are. <laughs> they really are. His friends are creepy as fuck. Knuckles gets creepier and creepier. Every time. Knuckles is now, like, from his feet to his head, he's like a pizza that you're standing on point. (laughs) Like, Knuckles, have you seen drawings of Knuckles? Like, I think that they thought that he had too similar a silhouette to Sonic the Hedgehog at some point. So someone's like, make him fucking ripped. Like, Knuckles is fucking yoked. Like, he's just, but he has, like, the same legs as all the other characters. And then he just, like, scales up wider and wider until he just stops at these two square shoulders and then there's like a sort of like hunched down fat <laughs> knuckles head he like really his, his arms are huge his chest like it's just like what? where they're just like the, the ideal proportions what, for a man are a triangle shape and they're like okay draw a triangle now carve knuckles out of that and make him look kind of less aware of yeah. the world than he did before like give him a slightly denser face describing this i can only think, the only way i can picture this is as either a like deviant art pencil drawing by a by like a 13 year old who likes anime or a not like, inaccurate or or a thick outlined um new grounds flash comic where he also has like big lips and individually defined teeth Whoa. you know the like new grounds house yes. style yeah. of like sort of Run and Stimpy, grotesque meets but meets Flash default. Yes, yeah. meets yeah. Flash like <sighs> line art. Yeah, I, I can't imagine oh what you're God. describing in in like official video game key art style. That's okay. It's good. It's good that we just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> well, let's. We don't need to look up. Don't look it up. Yeah, just leave it. Leave it up to the imagination, up. Chris. You can look it up after the cast. Yeah. I will not look it up. I ever. just. I just have to say, I feel like it sounds terrifying. This comes from the. From the way superheroes are now proportioned, like the way that like Nuffles, men in superhero beef movies, up like like Chris Pratt and Guardians <laughs> yeah, of the Galaxy, yeah, they cut out sugar. They made him go to the gym every day. They gave him you know some nice supplements. Like that's it feels like that's what happened. It feels like marketing towards little boys, which is presumably what they're doing. But, it's like the Iron Man thing or the like look like Captain America thing. Look look at how beefy he is now. He's the badass. Like you could buy a Knuckles Halloween costume that has stitched yes. in six pack. No way because <laughs> I feel like not, that's a thing. The thing about this though is that Knuckles' his new character design is not he has no definition. Yeah, he just, just he just looks large. big. He's yeah. just like fucking <laughs> weird. weird looking. Are you weird? I th- 
God, weird. It's really strange. Oh, I can't find a drawing of it that I dream this. Oh. I hope No, I hope he, so. he does look creepier with every iteration. It's totally No, they true. had a statue of him at PAX, and I was just like, <laughs> what is that? Oh, it's Knuckles. <laughs> Hello, okay, Knuckles. well, that's... I Hello, I Knuckles, my old friend. <laughs> You're looking fucking beefy or... <laughs> or... Or, like or you, something. You fell into a very specifically shaped version of like the cartoon car cuber. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my god! Okay, that's I guess Knuckles. probably enough talking about Knuckles the Echidna. Okay, what were you actually going to say? Oh yes. Is there really anything to say? Well, not really, but I do want to tell you about one more 3DS game. Go for it. Okay, it's actually really good. But it also has insane character designs. It's called Codename Steam. Wasn't this announced like a million years ago? It may have been, but they just started showing it? stuff off. Oh my god! Oh, so Are you like looking at a Knuckles picture? I just had to check. <laughs> <laughs> I had to look up Knuckles Sonic Boom, and I am not incorrect. Okay, go yeah, ahead. No, Sorry. it's, it's well, really I gotta see interesting. It you can see it later. All right. <laughs> All right. So, Codename Steam is a turn-based strategy game. It's by Intelligent Systems. They made the Advance Wars games oh, yeah. and Fire the uh, it's Fire Codename game. Steam. Yes. Nintendo they, it's Nintendo's it's, yeah. project They're having like, some trouble. This they are month. terrible with no no no. <laughs> Nintendo has, is awful at naming things that are not like that, that don't fit very cleanly into Nintendo's existing wheelhouse. Like remember That's that correct. game Project Hammer that yes. was cancelled eventually? That it was supposed to be like a big Wii showcase title, big action game where you have a big hammer that you swing around. Yeah, yeah. It never came out. But like I always get the idea that uh, the sense that Nintendo names these games like this because it is so far outside their comfort zone <laughs> that it's like this is uh, the action game with a hammer. We can't. <laughs> we have to name it something that makes it very Project. clear that this is that. This is like an action game. It's not a normal Nintendo thing. Project Steam. It's like a steampunk thing, right? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's like it's, this. We have to. It has to be clear that this appeals to people <laughs> who like steampunk because we can't just get, like Pikmin. That doesn't say anything yes. about what the thing is. Chibi it's, Robo. It's, yeah, it's yes. entirely like confident that the audience will determine what it is based on what it looks like and based on what's in it and so on. Blah 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 blah. Halo, Pleasure. right? Like Halo doesn't mean anything about. It's not called like Gun Saga or something. Yeah, like I mean, <laughs> maybe Man. it should be. I don't know, <laughs> but I guess they did call it Combat Evolved. Uh, but Nintendo yeah. has this hilarious, like, really stilted way <laughs> of naming things that aren't obvious Nintendo properties in a way that I find quaint and hilarious. Or they hilarious. buy a French development studio and name it Nerd. <laughs> <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> what is it, Nintendo European Research and Development? Yes. Oh, yes. so good. Here we are at Team ner Nerd. We had a real name before this. What were they called? They were just, uh, it, was it was like just, micro something. It was, just, it was like a very European just, thing where it was like a portmanteau of two words that yeah. included like yeah. sis or something. Um, but yeah, their website is nerd.nintendo.com. <laughs> So delightful. Cool. It's a I really just, boring website for a URL. You like can that. learn all about it though in the video Awada Asks Nerd. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Sorry, Awada. anyway, we're talking I hope about they release Awada Asks Nerds soon. Oh, that would be fun. I would eat them. I want him to. I would eat them. <laughs> Iwata, cannibal for nerds. Uh, no, anyway, the candy could... means the candy. I know. <laughs> Iwata asks I know. nerds rope. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Codename Steam, it has, the upcoming game. It has character designs or character concepts that are like possibly as insane as the Knuckles stuff. Like it, so it's basically turn-based strategy, except Third without the, except without the decades of like a 
accretion it's true. of They're brand weird new. mutation. Yeah. Although there are decades of weird mutation in a way because all the characters are are taken out of like American folklore. Like John really? Henry is one what? of the characters. Hiawatha is one of the characters. Wow. Tom Sawyer is in there. There's a lion okay. named Lion. It's it's like completely. <laughs> what, what is that a reference to? I don't know on that one. <laughs> to be folklore. quite honest, John Henry, <laughs> Hiawatha, also, Lion, <laughs> Lion. Also, there's steampunk Abraham Lincoln who gives you what? directives. It's it's completely wacky. Like the the actual story okay, content feel, is nuts. Does this feel like a a runaway train version of what do Americans like? Potentially. Wait, where was this game made? Was it made in America or a, a continent not. whose I name includes America? So. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I really don't think so. Intelligent Systems is, is oh, of one course, of the, Intelligent um, Systems is 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 it's one uh, of Nintendo's like basically in house. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Okay. So, what do you do in this game besides <laughs> this game? besides be completely baffled? Yeah. Okay. So you take your turns. You have your five characters That's that so- you pick. You know, at the outset of each mission. Uh, it's all in a grid, and you are, of course, battling aliens. Um, and Abraham Steampunk Abraham Lincoln gives you your orders in every level. It's that's the premise, but the actual it's gameplay like tactical. It is the actual gameplay. Um, all right, because it's by the Advance Wars. Exactly, <laughs> it's really good and interesting. This game would have blown up Kickstarter two years ago. It would have. It definitely would have. Um, you, you take your turns. Each character has a turn. You have a certain amount of steam power, which is basically your, your moves or your Hold ability up. to attack. In Japan, this game is subtitled Lincoln versus Aliens. <laughs> Wait, it's called Codename Steam Lincoln versus Aliens? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well. Rinkin Basasu Arian. Wow. Oh, Lincoln versus Aryans. Oh, <laughs> Gamergate. Might as well be. Might as well be. Uh, oh. Sorry, Danielle. I, oh, it's okay. This whole thing is too outrageous for me. To it sit is so outrageous. I what I can't believe about it is how like tactically sound it feels, and it actually feels I mean, really tight, and the yeah, gameplay is really that, fun because Intelligent Systems is great with with like really streamlined tactical systems. Yeah. So playing it was was actually really really fun. It just has this fiction that's something. Yeah, it's something. It's really something. Is it what is it tongue in cheek? Is it is it, it ser- is. is it like taking itself seriously? It's tongue in cheek. Definitely. Is it tongue in cheek and like so it's not like Tim and Eric style, right? Because I feel no, like if no. this, I don't think Nintendo the is this, capable of that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, think, they I don't are think they are either. I'm just wondering if the if the localization team shot for that, right? Because oh, I guess sometimes, like the, like the WarioWare style stuff, you could see. Little, you could yeah, see. Some, sometimes Nintendo Treehouse localization team gets a little cheeky in a way that I assume the Japanese version was less. So it, it's pretty cheeky. I, yeah, yeah, it's cheeky. It's tongue in cheek. Cheeky, it's very light. But probably cheeky in a very like good-natured way though right yeah. not like yeah okay it doesn't seem tim and eric at all it's like look at this goofy thing here's your goofy like, thing because you could imagine a game with basically identical mechanics and an identical theme being made by like a north american indie team and probably the way that they like well all the cutscenes would look like a behemoth game or something right yeah i <laughs> totally, guess that's true yeah. Yeah. but alternatively you could have the version of this that is so so contextually divorced from what it's doing that you basically get the anime version of a blizzard opening cutscene yes, for this. That's what I was trying to get. Where like yeah. Lincoln, uh-huh. sure. either normal size Lincoln or Lincoln monument size Lincoln 
summons up these characters out of the earth and they have like glowing, stupid lightning bear anime eyes and stuff. <laughs> right. And like, it's like there's never any moment where it's not intended to just be like totally cool. This is just the and, most like, epic thing in yeah, the world. Right. Lion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> lion named Lion. Yeah. <laughs> and Lion can launch himself all over the place. That's his special ability. Like a rocket. That's also his catchphrase. He, he <laughs> Lion actually can cannonballs himself. himself. Lion launch. Lion launch. He cannonballs himself. He like jumps and, and does well, one like, of these. Uh, Good radio Odama right is a Nintendo game that is completely bananas. Yes. It sort of no, it, true, it, it yeah. aesthetically presents itself. But that was like, developed by the guy who made sober. Seaman. That's true. Mm. That's true. I, anyway, this is really fun at least from what i've played it's coming yeah. in spring i think what of is next this, 3ds year? game 3ds game yeah i think i'm going to enjoy it a lot it's just i don't quite know how i feel about sort of the narrative itself i mean i doesn't feel like you, you know, have to feel a whole lot you probably about it. don't yeah you probably don't i don't ever <laughs> it's gonna be i didn't fun no really what, pay so. attention to anything going on in it's advanced really wars or even really fire emblem yes, I, know, sure. I know a lot of people really like the fire emblem, fire emblem do, story yeah, and that's fine I, yeah 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 it is controversial and a little tasteless when your team loses and Lincoln is, uh, <laughs> well. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Who is the bad guy in this? Aliens. The aliens. Oh, right. Of course. And it's they Lincoln look like, aliens. what am I talking about? They look like Starship Troopers aliens. They're all bug looking yeah, right. creatures. They're bugs. They're bugs. Of course they are. At least they are in the earlier stages. That I was I really hoping that it would be the sort little of XCOM classic guys. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or like little sort of blobby brains like guys. Yeah. Something. I guess if you are making a game with like Lincoln teaming up with Hiawatha <laughs> and a lion, the aliens should probably be little green men. <laughs> yeah. Just like they kind of true. Yeah. Right. yeah. Maybe they come later. They're controlling the bugs or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's my fan fiction. Check it out on my Tumblr. Yeah, the, the, uh, the aliens are probably all being controlled by another Lincoln, by like Dark Lincoln. Oh, dark, yeah. dark Shadow Lincoln. Lincoln. God, they're oh, oh man, it's like Link, like Lincoln. Oh, Shadow, the Shadow Lincoln. Lincoln. You're fired. <laughs> We're all fired. Jake especially is fired. Link is in Mario Kart now. I also played that. What did yes. they put out a patch? Wait a minute. This oh, is a, in okay. th- in two days. Sorry, today. Today on the podcast is the 11th, right? Man, yeah. I'm in sure this days. is like a normal thing now, but the concept to me of Nintendo releasing content through the internet to your game seamlessly, I, it's something that I would never have... I mean, I know it's there's no reason they couldn't do it, obviously, because they're a company that exists in 2014. <laughs> right. But like you saying that sent my brain into I shock know, right? for a moment. I'm like, how, how could a Nintendo game have a thing in it now that wasn't in it yesterday? Yeah. Did they mail you a cartridge? Yeah. Yeah. Like, can you get like Mercedes Benz or BMWs in Mario Kart and all sorts of stupid crap oh, that's like right. that? I forgot about okay, that. Okay, so... I, well, go ahead. I was going to say, the new cars are actually really cool because Link has a master cycle, which is his own little motorcycle. Uh, is that cool? It's kind of okay. cool. Okay, <laughs> so... Lincoln, Lincoln, all these things being yes. kind of the same. I feel like we, I feel like we might collectively have talked Nintendo into the dirt this week, but I do have to say that with Codename Steam being an official Nintendo first-party <laughs> game, this means that the next Super Smash Brothers game, oh, a new man. challenger enters the arena. <laughs> oh my god! President Abraham Lincoln, <laughs> accompanied by Lion. Right. Oh, and they got Lion in it now too. <laughs> but man, just the like. Fighting Lincoln team, like you could just have like right. I mean, oh that my god, sounds great! Maybe it'll be maybe it'll be DLC, like we're talking about. I hope they save it. I hope they tease that one out. Yeah, new playable yeah. character, Nintendo first party character, Abraham Steve Lincoln. Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. 
I mean, I would play it. Me too. You know, the problem is everyone. You can costume swap him to the Uncle Sam costume or to like Wario colors. That's perfect. They can also have (laughs) Wall Lincoln. (laughs) That already exists. It's just Lincoln, man. Lincoln and Waluigi as a team. Wall Lincoln already exists. It's just Lincoln. What does that mean? (laughs) I mean, Lincoln is already. Is is this like some horrible like Lincoln? (laughs) No, I mean, Wall Lincoln already exists. War of Northern Aggression. What I mean, okay. (laughs) Sorry. I mean, if we think about the 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 aesthetic and sort of move makeup of Super Smash Brothers characters, Mm. the character that Lincoln would most likely be, were they not going to give him his own move set? From pure art swap standpoint, based on Lincoln's proportions as he's historically represented, is Waluigi. It's true. Lincoln would just be a Waluigi <laughs> oh, clone. That's what you're saying. <laughs> and the hat's not too far off. Right. You know? He's he's on his he's on his way. <laughs> yeah. But you now just get rid of Waluigi and replace it with Walu Lincoln. No. Fuck that. Team battle. <laughs> giant giant Waluigi. <laughs> giant Lincoln. Oh, I can see the appeal. I yeah, take on appeal. Metal Mario. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's all canon, so you know it's fine. Also, Abraham Lincoln and Waluigi at the Olympic Games. I'd also be fine. And Knuckles, fine. And, <laughs> and Boom, Knuckles. Knuckles. Wait, Knuckles gets kicked out for roiding up at the Olympics, so you know it's all done. Yeah, it's all downhill. Um, you guys want to stop talking for a minute and take a break? Sure. Or, or what? I, I don't know. I got nothing. It's all. It's all good. Got to give me another option, Jake. Don't know what I what my choices yeah. are. Are we doing Wallow Lincoln or Lincoln? Mm-hmm. We'll be right back. Video games. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Squarespace. An all-in-one platform for building your very own website, portfolio, or online store. Uh, Squarespace just released the latest version of their site, Squarespace 7. Uh, redesigned, still easy to use, still really great. Uh, we are big fans. And if you go to squarespace.com and enter the promo code THUMBS at checkout, you will get 10% off your first order. As you know, we often feature uh, reader-made uh, Squarespace sites here in our in our podcast. And we got an email from Daniel Hines, who's writing in about his Friends game, Desync, which at his suggestion was built using Squarespace. You can see that at desync-game.com. I was just checking it out. It's a really slick video game, uh, well, website about this video game. Uh, It works great on mobile, uh, really clean, uh, easy to use. And you can get your own such snazzy website at squarespace.com using the promo code THUMBS for 10% off. We like it. We think you will, too. It is super easy to use, and you can make basically any kind of website with it. Video games. We'd also like to thank Hulu Plus for sponsoring us this week. Hulu Plus is a television streaming service. It's uh, On the internet. On the internet. It's, <laughs> um, as you guys probably know, Hulu, sort of the containing site for this is a website that streams a ton of television shows, movies, whatnot. Hulu Plus is the sort of Upgraded service that allows you to stream on mobile devices, set-top boxes, all sorts of stuff. With a bigger archive. A bigger archive, a bigger amount of content. Criterion Um, Collection, full back catalogs of TV shows. Yep. And if you go to huluplus.com slash thumbs uh, and sign up there, you'll get a free trial, which is two weeks long instead of the usual one week. Mm -hmm. Um, 
as you probably know, Chris and I, as you probably know, because we talk about it every week, uh, Chris <laughs> and I have started a Twin Peaks rewatch podcast where once a week we're going, we're discussing an episode of the TV show Twin Peaks. The entire run of Twin Peaks is on Hulu Plus. So if you want, you can watch it there and you can start now. We're, um, we're actually just on episode five of the podcast. So that two week trial is plenty of time to catch up on that great show. So go to HuluPlus.com slash thumbs and uh, watch Twin Peaks and listen to us talk about it. And lots of other shows. And watched a million other things. There's a, <laughs> like everything you could ever want on there. Thanks, Hulu Plus. Yep. Mostly Twin Peaks, though. TwinPeaksRewatch.com. Video game. You could talk about your, about your favorite video game, though. My favorite video game? Well, I mean, that you've played and haven't talked about. Oh, my favorite game that I've played that I haven't talked about is probably hmm. Costume Quest 2. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Talk about that. I really like it. It's really fun. I started playing it on Halloween, which felt, you know, appropriate, of course. Mm -hmm. You know, I had just finished Alien Isolation, and I wanted something else seasonally appropriate. Get me in the mood. Sure. You know, I had a a adorable child trick-or-treat on Halloween. I had Phil Kohler's son, Sammy. He was dressed up as a superhero. He was very cute. What kind of superhero? uh, I think his name was Super Chub was the name. So it was a made-up superhero? Yes, it was a made-up superhero. Yes. Sammy was super chill. That is awesome. It was it was pretty great. He's a very cute child, so you know, that was nice. And then I played Costume Quest 2, which is just like the first Costume Quest in that it is a very light, very colorful, very cute JRPG. Well, you know, JRPG meaning just sort of the style. It's not actually yeah. made in Japan, yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. it's double fine. Um but turn based combat. Yeah, turn based yeah, combat, you level up. Attacks, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, but it's, you know, it's adorable. It's a really cute game. It's purposely cute. You know, the writing is good. It's about little kids who are, you know, dressing in their costumes for Halloween and getting the powers from those costumes to combat monsters and such things. Uh, this game has time travel in it. The story is all wacky and all over the place, which is totally fine. It suits this game. Uh, it's not, you know, I, I wouldn't call it, uh, you know, a masterpiece of the genre, but I would call it a really fun small game that was perfect for Halloween. It was a little lovely little confection for Halloween. Food metaphors continue. Yes. Yes, it was a sweet treat. I like that that game has a candy corn costume yes. whose whole function is to do nothing. It's to be useless. You just can't do anything when you have it on. I think you get an achievement if you, um, so basically you have three party members and if you leave one of them in the candy corn costume, who's just useless, like pretty much the entire time, you get an achievement for doing that, for like having candy yeah. corn For basically just beating through. the game with two characters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. Which is kind of wonderful. That's good. Yeah. It's really, it's really Was cute. that a thing in the first game as well? Candy? No. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it was, was it? but it, you couldn't use it mechanically. Like, the whole joke in the first game, the whole setup, you're playing as these two twins, and one of them has the crappy costume. Whoever you're not playing as, the twin you're not playing as, oh, the boy or the well, girl, right. they're in a candy corn costume, and they get kidnapped by the monsters who mistake That's them for right. being you're candy. Right. I forgot about that. So it's like, it's a little dumb thing in the story, but it's not like a mechanical, it's not this, an actual... in the sequel, the candy corn can actually fight, but it's just exactly. as useless no, it as it fight. was. Right. The candy corn can <laughs> enter fights. It goes into the fights, yeah, 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 yeah. and sit there. <laughs> And, it, and there's like every time it's the candy corn's turn, there's like another a different text message plays like candy corn is stoic. Candy corn is thinking about their options like, you know, just right, goofy little things. Yeah. So. yeah, it's really funny. It's really, really funny. Little the, game. That yeah. thing, the little bit you mentioned about the original costume quest for whichever character you are not just has the crappy costume <laughs> yes. to me is such a hilarious gag. Like that's a really good, really it's, subtle, yeah. funny little way to play with choice in games. Like I was reading 
um, Kirk Hamilton's uh, like speaking uh, of delicious dish. Speaking of a delicious <laughs> dish, indeed, totally noted delicious dish. Kirk Hamilton. <laughs> Um, Kotaku's Kirk Hamilton. Yes. He wrote a thing that was like 11 things you need to know about Dragon Age Inquisition. And it made me really want to play Dragon Age Inquisition, which yeah. I assume was the point of it because it seemed like Kirk liked it a lot. Um, he had one point that kind of annoyed me a little bit. Um, but I don't mind saying so because whatever, Kirk can take it. Friend of the show. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, yes. He, he said, unclear how much your choices matter, right? He's like, there were times where I like killed this person, but like it wasn't clear. Like, if it mattered, and by mattered, he meant branched the narrative. Right. And I was like, well, I don't know if that... Branched the narrative in a long-term way that does not fold back in on itself for until, right. until it has right, affected exactly. something else. Which, yes. like, I yeah. don't know, in your version of the game, that person died. Like, does that not matter? Exactly, like, I don't know yeah. if, it has, if something has to, like, cause a butterfly effect ripple to matter. Like, think, a lot of things happen to people in Absolutely. life that just are totally self-contained, but they still matter. Anyway, that's a very small quibble, and I don't mean to, like nitpick kirk because his article had a lot of good like cool enticing information about the game in it that i was pleased to read but um yeah i only i only bring it up relative to the costume quest thing because i love the idea that there's just this the game is 100 percent the same mechanically in every single respect uh but it sort of just has this tiny little concession to oh you're you're the cool one yeah in just like a totally meaningless funny little way I think it's great. The game is is full of those little just touches yeah, like yeah, that, which yeah, is yeah. what part of why it's so endearing to me. Even though it's like a fairly light game, it's just it's very I don't know. I really cared about these little characters, and I really cared about their little quirks and things yeah. like that. So it's funny the killing a character thing and having that branch out and doing all sorts of crazy stuff to the story as sort of the classic definition of choice mattering, because I suspect were a character to be killed who maybe could have someone else could have died in their place or no one could have died. But if that character is killed and then just like two hours later after a big fat fight, one of the other characters in your party is just like, man, I really miss that guy. Yeah. That's all you, that's all you <laughs> actually yeah, totally. need. And you're like, Oh yeah, my God, yeah. like that's it. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, like then you immediately back and forward meant your mental map of that character is different. Cause you're like, yeah. Oh man, they must've been really broken up by this. Like that's yeah. all that you actually need. In yeah. my opinion, yeah, it's like, no, I, tiny I effort or like, I mean that, yeah. That's not all that you need. That's not the go-to key, but it's like you can have stuff like that. Like on that scale. Yeah, still it can just like yeah, ripple it, out in a you, huge if way. If you believe it, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, if you believe it. I mean, yes. If, no, I'm just saying my, my, well, my, my point is that a small moment like that that you believe to me is just as right. effective as like some grand thing that is actually equally arbitrary. But then sure, the, sure. The, I guess I guess I don't want to chase this down forever by just like – devil's advocate and nitpicking myself to death but i i imagine that often a person who will complain that a character's death doesn't impact the story would then potentially be playing the game from the uh, attitude of someone who if a character said i really miss that person they'd be like why isn't their morale going down why is it there why isn't their effectiveness in combat reduced yeah what changes is having and if it's having those changes i should have not killed them because then it's gonna you know like that can just that can just spin out into yeah into hell immediately. Into Grognard Hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's true. Sorry I brought it up. I talked myself into being stupid and ruining the game. That's all right. <laughs> That's cool. I'm, I'm, not playing, I, uh, I'm not playing Dragon Age now. <laughs> I'm done. Just close the God, book. God, characters are just sad like that. When someone dies, they just say I'm sad like they said on Idle Thumbs and it doesn't even impact their stats. <laughs> God, what a hipster thing to what think. A f- <laughs> <laughs> I would like a game like that. I uh, I want to briefly mention the least hipster game I've ever played in my life, which I'm enjoying. 
which is Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. Oh yeah, What's believe the, it or not, really. What is the, so? I Coda. have over the years <laughs> my sort of awareness of Call of Duty games. It is at like an all time low. I will say, right? Sure. Like, yeah. I know that there's a game called. I, I'm so unaware of this that <laughs> when I made like a some stupid throwaway joke tweet about Call of Duty that I don't even remember at this point, I called it Call of Duty Advanced Warfighter because I got it confused <laughs> of Gra. With, you got it confused yeah, with exactly. Gra. Yeah. Totally. Um, well, there's Graw, there's Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter, but then there was also like Battlefield Warfighter or something. Oh. Wasn't there like a there have been yeah, another been one? That's so like a word that I've only ever heard. I'm sure it's used in military jargon also, but like I've only ever heard it in video games yeah. ever. Um, I can't remember what my tweet was about. Oh, Something I know what it was. <laughs> it was about it was an ad from Target where if you buy. Call of Duty oh, Advanced yes. Warfare, you get like a bag of Doritos. Yep. For free. <laughs> it's get perfect. your Doritos. Oh, oh, I know. I can't believe that it's it at this point, Mountain Dew and Doritos have truly they become actually just the it's... fullest version of their parody selves <laughs> on like Twitter. Right. Oh, it's totally it's interesting also in the way that like this is not interesting, but I'll continue to talk. <laughs> Iowa Thumbs podcast. Like, in the first dot-com bubble, you got, like, Webvan and Peapod and all those little startups who were like, yeah. you know what we're going to do? We're going to fill in this little niche. And then Safeway and Walmart were like, you know, we actually already have stores and delivery trucks, so we can just do that and you're destroyed. <laughs> yes. In the style of, like, 10 years ago, it's like, you know what? Maybe gamer grabbing balls are just going to be... Man, that's a sentence that you just, like, combine those brands. <laughs> but, you know, like, all those... Companies right. showed up like, you know what, maybe we're going to just be the food for gamers uh, where this gross snacks that kind of are like highly sugared and caffeinated. And then Pepsi was like, uh, you know, we actually really already just do that. But like we have <laughs> but global distribution more, yeah, so, exactly. and infinite marketing money. So yeah, we'll just do that instead. Interesting. Interesting. I see the niche you're trying to carve out there. Double XP weekend. Yeah. Forever. <laughs> like free like <laughs> that's a, the stupidest analogy to make sorry but no, like that is it is what i think about i think yeah. about like peapod and webvan <laughs> but instead i think about how there's a kiosk apparently right now where you can test mountain or doritos flavored mountain dew oh god i heard about that that sin against humanity that yeah. it is oh so um, that has nothing to do with advanced uh advanced warfare. Warfare. or does it have everything to do with it? or it's i am struggling with with uh, you know exactly how I feel about this game, other than the fact that I'm enjoying it Are a lot more than I thought. single player or multiplayer? I'm playing single player. Okay. And later tonight, I'm trying multiplayer, which will be a shit show, I'm sure. Um, it actually is occupying some of the same space for me as, um, not quite to this degree, but some of the same space as the new Wolfenstein game, where it was like completely off my radar, you know, yeah. whatever yeah, yeah, game, yeah. whatever, bro man McShoot face. Mm -hmm. And then I'm playing it, and I'm like, well, there's something here. Like okay. it's what is there? What is there is the fact that this is a really well-paced, ridiculous action sort of roller coaster okay. that actually has some quiet moments that are surprisingly effective for me. Right. So um there I'm sort of in the middle of the game, so spoilers in case you're super sensitive about the story and you know, whatever. Well it starts with Kevin game. Spacey at a funeral giving you a robot arm. Yes, giving so... you a robot arm and telling you press X to Oof, pay that respect. Was, that was pretty bad. Yeah, we've already yeah. seen that. So yeah, okay. what yep. that, go ahead, go ahead. What that means though is it only You're, goes somewhere further from there. That basically. line, the trajectory of, of press button for to pay respects to robot arm, the arc that creates, 
punches out of the stratosphere pretty fucking fast, yep. I imagine. Yep. Okay. And then it goes to some somewhat interesting planets. So there is a level <laughs> in uh, in Detroit, in like a future Detroit. The whole thing is 50 world. years in the future. And it actually, there's actually some It goes to Detroit 7. Yes. Detroit, <laughs> Detroit 7. Detroit 7 is on Earth, too. Um there's a section you're sort of walking through. You know, Detroit is a horribly depressed place in the in this future. All of America <laughs> is okay. in this alternate reality. In, this in this crazy game, it yeah, uh. it's a uh, you know a little on the nose. But um, yes, you're walking around, and there's sort of some environmental storytelling, and I kind of got excited. So someone is making dumb video game graffiti. TM, you know how every Ugh. issue okay, of yeah. somebody's it making it, and it's it's just about you know. So Does it say thanks, Obama? Oh God! If only that would have been just the icing on the cake. Thanks, Obama, too. You're in this private <laughs> military corporation that is taken over more or less for the military in the United States, and you know somebody is disparaging it on public property, whatever. Atlas sucks or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and a soldier actually finds the guy and he runs after him, and and there's a chase, and so this guy who's making this graffiti runs away soldier chases him and i tried to follow them because that's interesting to me that's like right. sort of an interesting moment of course it doesn't let you actually follow i was a little sad about that but the next section of the game is almost stealth light and you're in this abandoned building and it felt so much like the last of us that i was like okay this is interesting you're hmm. watching for beams of light people are in hazmat suits and you're sort of in this creepy abandoned building and i was like okay this is call of duty sort of weirdly aping the you know the movements of another kind of game sure. and it does it with some subtlety i actually sort of enjoyed that section of the game and i was like okay, okay this is cool there's some variation here yeah. then you're shooting a bunch of guys faces again uh and then there are sections that that are that feel like a modern james bond movie like it's set in greece and it's sun drenched and it's beautiful and there's this woman soldier who's with you who's more of a badass than you are and this this whole chase ensues and there's all sorts of crazy things but it actually felt like the sort of energy of playing a modern bond like you're using a drone to spy on you know whatever some high-powered military dude and you have to use that drone to get rid of some other soldiers on this site so there's actually like other gameplay beats which i wasn't expecting i was just sort of expecting shoot a bunch of guys get a bunch of story shoot a bunch how many how many call of duty campaigns like how often do you play these not often okay i think the last one i played was probably Advanced, not Advanced War. Uh, Modern Warfare? Modern Warfare 2, Okay, I think. So 2011, 2012. It's been a couple of years. Um, sure. You know, I usually dip in at least a little bit to most of them, mm-hmm. um, but I haven't gone through all the way through since then. I've heard a lot of people are actually really into the multiplayer in this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm at least, at least checking like, it out. But yeah. I haven't heard a lot of people talk about it now, but like, I, I'm... Yeah, I'm not going to play a Call of Duty game, whatever. Not, sure, that's not fine. Any, like, I, yeah, I, think I don't that's have fine. a console that I'd want to play it on at this point. Sure, I don't, yeah. Is it even on PC? I'm playing it on PS4. Okay. Uh, so it, but, I'm assuming it is... But the number yeah. of people who were sort of pleasantly surprised by the multiplayer in sort of the first 48-hour window was really like surprising to me. Yeah, a lot of people I was... Were like, oh staggered by it a little bit because the last one wasn't very good if i recall correctly hmm. i didn't play much of the last one ghosts or whatever but it, it is was... on pc okay okay yeah i mean i just i was sort of pleasantly surprised by this game being better than i thought it would be and in a way i was sort of thinking yeah, about cool. this and it was like you know for the the type of gamer who only plays two games a year it's madden and the call of duty or whatever it is they're getting something out of this 
that maybe they wouldn't play The Last of Us. Maybe they wouldn't play something else. But they're getting that little That's piece fair. of That's this in it. And it, I actually sort of was heartened by that. I was like, all right, they're at least going out a little tiny bit. No, that's good. <laughs> out of I their mean, comfort zone, you know. The more yeah. I like when, I mean, I like when any game, but especially when an established series will do that, not only because it allows the series itself to grow, but because people who play those games religiously might end yeah. up that weird branch off ends up totally. ends up that branch plants a seed in their brain that yeah. might then lead you to seek something else out and that doesn't always have to be in call of duty that can be in any sure. series mm-hmm. or in, in any medium but like when that happens you're like you know but that part that i really liked was the part that's weird and different from all these things and then your friend says oh well then what you would actually like yeah is, is this thing that you would never experience totally I'm like yeah that's, that's always good that's that's all i could think about when i was in that that's sort cool. of like last of us light section i was like maybe somebody's <laughs> never played a horror the, game I like, and, you know <laughs> all i could think about when playing this call of duty game is that maybe someone who plays call of duty would play <laughs> the number one original ip of last year <laughs> <laughs> yeah right I mean, that's the number that's one non-sequel though, right? AAA game of 2013. And, and and how crazy is that though? That like that still would probably be considered niche to a person who to, literally yeah, only plays Call of Duty people. or Last something. Of Us is that, I think lie, that game though. was pretty huge. It, it certainly was. I just felt like it was a a step out of the Call of Duty comfort zone in, yeah, in yeah. some ways. Sure. So for maybe for somebody out there, it's a step out of their comfort zone, and that's delightful. Maybe when people were playing The Last of Us. Um, I forget where I was going to go with that. They'll think about playing Gone Home. I don't know. <laughs> maybe when they're playing maybe, this, they will. maybe when they're playing this game about like a super ripped human male, <laughs> they'll be like, what if this was a super ripped echidna? <gasps> and then they'll, then they'll play a new game featuring Knuckles. A super ripped, tiny-legged man. Well, <laughs> they'll look at that bag of free... Uh, cool or a nacho cheese Doritos and they'll hold one of them up and they won't have their glasses on and they're like I really like I find this shape pleasing and I'm playing a video game can I combine the shape of this Dorito and a video game and then they accidentally like they they slip because of the gross dust on their hand and press the store button on their controller uh, or they you know because game controllers you know they have that these days yeah, I guess pretty, I would pretty imagine weird. well not it's you know the home button what shut up uh, <laughs> and the featured product is then uh, in Sonic, fact Sonic Boom is in fact Sonic Boom <laughs> and then their eyes uh, rack like as they're looking at the Dorito and then their eyes rack focus past it. <gasps> And in the and then they sort of move the out of focus shape just slightly out of the way, and it's as if nothing has changed. Except yeah, except now it has eyes. Except now, now it has eyes and, and legs and dreads. It. <laughs> it now it just dreads. has two enormous dreads for some reason. Yeah, I think there's more back there. Yeah. Oh, I need to I need to play it just so but I know. Knuckles, man, we're talking about Knuckles a lot, but he's <laughs> also right. just he's drifting also in shape into the Predator. He That's so true, is. Yeah. Oh my god. Alien Isolation sequel, Alien vs. Predator. But you Knuckles. can then lock, lock in the Knuckles cartridge. Uh, exactly. And, and it's Knuckles chasing you through the vents in every. Yeah, one that's of those fine. Things. Still, also, just water is pouring out of his yes. mouth continuously. It's just always moist. He's sort of just breathing, kind of like there's something kind of caught in his throat and nose all the time, like Michael Myers style. And the uh, the distraction item is a bag of Doritos. You can throw it at him, and he's like, "Oh, there's other knuckles." <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, throw it." What? I thought I was alone. No, it doesn't work. That's like that's like throwing the flare at the T Rex in Jurassic Park. It was kind of look at it and then fucking yeah, eat you. True. And then he's mad. 
I don't look like Classic that. stalking villains pack for Alien Isolation <sighs> would be fine. That would be cool. Classic stalking villains pack? Just also... Velociraptors, get, T-Rex. Or just oh. like, okay, villains which have been in space. Okay. Probably like Freddy. Probably Predator. <laughs> I don't know if Freddy, Freddy? has. Jason has been Jason in space. Jason, that's what uh, I'm thinking of. The Leprechaun has also been in space. The dinosaurs <laughs> from Dino Crisis 2 were in space. Right. Any, so you can any, get your dinosaurs. Any otherwise just sort of... <laughs> stupid villain who is made more stupid by being sequelized to the point that they go into space right. is available in D- a DLC for Alien Isolation. I, I'd be okay with that. Seems fine. Yeah. And Jason X. Jason X. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. Do that was Jason one of those, versus Knuckles? Jason X was one of those perpetual video store presences when I was growing up. Oh, for up. me it was Leprechaun 4 in space. Oh, really? For me it was Jason X, definitely. Oh, and I think Leprechaun 3 was in the hood, and then I think Leprechaun yeah. 5 is back in the hood. Yeah, they definitely go to the hood and then space and then back to the hood. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing that happens. So the Leprechaun Mm -hmm. is available as DLC in Alien Isolation and Grand Theft Auto V. Perfect. Fucking first person Grand Theft Auto V is blowing my mind perpetually. It's obviously not out, but that stupid trailer. Did you see that stuff, Chris? It's pretty amazing. You're looking at reader mail, probably. I am looking at reader mail. Did you see the GTA Five on PC is going to be first person? Oh yeah, I did see that. Well, it's not that it's going to be first person. It supports first person as a complete mode, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, there's not a whole lot to say. Watch this. No, no, that's amazing. I mean, I think they're releasing that mode for for um, PS4 and and Xbox One as well. It's it's all sort of the like upresed higher fidelity ports. Yeah, but it must have required a huge amount of additional design work and, it feels to me like, and asset creation. I mean, this, yeah. is, crazy. this is total speculation just walking off a cliff and could entirely be wrong. Yeah. But it feels like the sort of thing that was at one point a pillar of the game that got cut. Ooh. Like, that's my guess. Right, right, right. Right? Because, right? yeah. like, how do you build a world where all of your art assets are of the right proportions to look good in first person, but it's a third person game that you yeah. can, like, you could not port Vice City to first person; it would look right, right? Like, wouldn't all the people, doors bet, and stuff well, just be people huge? People have probably done that on PC, but like the GTA, in a really the, simple way. Right, the, the world of GTA Five just looks perfect in first person, though. Like they had shots. No, it looks great of the like the opening mission and like the, the I freezers bet that that's and less of a problem stuff. than in some games because they're modeling a huge city at. Somewhat I guess it has scale. To be real scale. Mm-hmm. If you're designing person. like a God of War game or something, and everything is weirdly composed for these like right, yeah, yeah, certain that's, angles, it's a different thing. But I bet in, in GTA in a GTA yep. game, that's less of an issue. No, that's true. Sure. Um, yeah. They, also, they, this actually makes me interested in GTA Five in a way that I was zero interested in it before. Not that I was like strenuously games of this style just don't exist sure. in the first person space. Yeah. Though. Yeah. And I feel like the you know the last couple GTA games, I'm like, all right. Oh, or or cool, if they do, but, like I get it. Like I I get it. I, but this is a totally different way of interacting with the world. Like that feels totally different yep. to be inside a huge city through the eyes of the character and not, not that one's better than the other, but it's just a very different feeling. Yep. Um, I'm really interested. Yeah. In that. The, the video just, it looks like there's, yeah. My, my postulation that it was a cut early feature of the game. The yep. other option is that either rockstar North or an entire rockstar studio was just put on this yeah, yeah, in yeah. the yeah, intervening totally. time between release and now. But because just like every car has a dash, yeah. every weapon has no, weapon crazy. animations, all of the movement looks incredibly nice. You can still just get in a helicopter, fly it up into the middle of nowhere and jump out. I mean, like that's stuff that happens in Just Cause or in yeah. a Battlefield game or a Far Cry. But those are all games that are built from the ground up to mm-hmm. be that. Whereas this yeah. is like 
we're just going to put this inside of our gangster mafia mm-hmm. third person giant open world third yeah. person open world like it's just yeah no it's crazy it's one of those things that seems like oh well can't you just put the camera inside of the head if you're a person who is any normal human being on earth sure but then yeah. when you look at the amount of detail in that trailer it's just gross oh yeah it really makes me want to play gta 5 yeah when they announced it i kind of assumed it was going to be closer to the just put the camera in there because it's a game that already right, came but out then it's but the then you see the trailer and it's not at all rockstar is so good at those trailers i mean they're People always make fun of them because they're incredibly cheesy. This one doesn't have the narrator, right? Because they usually have yeah. they usually have in Grand Theft Auto Five, <laughs> right, you can switch between that. three yeah. playable protagonists. But this it had the same effect in this case of just like we're confident enough in just the game on its own terms that here is just a bunch of footage of a million things happening mm-hmm. in in a presentational style that you have not seen them before. Yeah, just like. Anyway, you're in a helicopter, you're in a plane, you're in a different plane, you're in a different car, you're in a motorcycle, you're in a different motorcycle, you have different guns, you're outside, you're inside, you're in a corridor, you're inside of a mission, you're in an open world. Mm-hmm. It just all works. Yeah. I mean, who knows in the game if that is the case, but that video, that that polished marketing asset, <laughs> sure. That sure looks good. But like, yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah. Yeah. It um, does speaking, look good. Spe- you mentioned also, just- I want a Red Dead that is like that. Sorry, that's my final thought. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be crazy. Um, they announced a new Just Cause game. Did you see that? Yeah, they did. Like today. Okay. No, I didn't. Just Cause 3. I don't know. I don't really have anything to say about it because I don't know anything about it because it was, it's one of those things where Game Informer was like, check out our new issue because it'll have Just Cause on the cover. So I don't Just know. Cause 3 is just the multiplayer mod, 100 people <laughs> hand gliding and bungee jumping off each other. Yeah. That'd be fun. But I, Just Cause 2 was something I really, really enjoyed for in, it, because it was so unrestrained. And then on PC, even more so because people modded modded it like crazy to as you say jake have hundreds of people multiplayer modes and like just make the physics totally just way more so that than they already ropes were. Yeah. wouldn't break and you could just daisy chain jumbo jets and all this shit um so anyway i don't know what just cause three is going to be but i will definitely look at it um uh what was i going to say oh were you? I'm sorry, Danielle. Were you interrupted when we started? No, sorry, we things? got excited. No, I was. I was excited too. Um, I'm just excited to be here because I can talk about Binding of Isaac Rebirth if you are done. I also played that, but I will. I will happily give you the floor because you, you know a lot more about the that. Floor. Yeah, we can share the floor. Okay. Because um, what the main reason I wanted to bring it up, I did, I've played it some more since last week. But the the more important reason I brought it up was because. Last week, I brought it up in the context of not really knowing what the point of it was. Sure. Because, you know, I played hundreds, I think, hours of the original Binding of Isaac. And I kind of said, well, I mean, it's cool, but I don't really know what, like, why this exists. And now I do, because everyone on the Idle Thumbs forums and in our email has told me. <laughs> and it makes sense. And I think it, I was just thinking of it in the wrong way. I was sure. thinking of it as someone who hasn't played the Binding of Isaac in, you know, a year or whatever. Um Played it a huge amount, so I feel like I got what I needed out of The Binding of Isaac. I didn't stop playing it for any reason other than I kind of had played a lot of it. Sure. So I was like, all right, well, cool. I guess I'm done now. Um, This came out. I checked it out just because, and I think I was expecting it to maybe say something different different than The Binding of Isaac did. Sure. Which it doesn't, really, I, I don't think. But it makes a lot more sense to me now as not like a new thing for me specifically, but if you still want to play a binding of Isaac, this is just a way better version of it that totally. Jake, as you said, 
is not built in Flash, perform is way more performant because it. Um, I guess the original version was built in ActionScript too, which is oh, like wow. they a said they, six year deprecated version. Yeah, they yeah. said that, they said that if a lot of people on the forums mentioned this, that if they basically if they added any more content, the game just wouldn't build. Like Binding of Isaac actually was end of life by hitting the technical limitations of Flash, circa two thousand eight. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh wow. Yep. So um, so that makes sense, and uh, people have also pointed out that. A lot of the ways the items interact with each other are more robust and more complete. There's more um, interplay there. The game's um, complexity apparently also scales up over time. Like people had said, yeah, that which it's is start, like where realize, you're like, it seems yeah. simpler, but apparently as you play, it, the difficulty kind of ramps up. It, yeah. it sort of there's, there's, there's a, a persistence going on. A few times. Yeah, which I didn't realize because I just loaded the game up and started playing, and I, maybe there was a message about that, and I just don't remember. Um, anyway, so I played some more of it, and I I still don't know if I'm going to keep playing a bunch more of it because it is still at its core is still the same game. It's not a, it is not a radically different game in, in fundamental identity. So I don't know if I necessarily need to play dozens more hours of this version of it, but as the version of that is now the like canonical, this is binding of Isaac. This is about, this is what this, this is the version of this game that will exist forever. Sure. That makes sense. Um, I don't know if I actually like how it looks more. I don't think I do. Um, I I think I like the original one more, mainly because it feels more like it came right out of one guy's brain, which is kind sure. of the thing I like about The Binding of Isaac. The Binding of Isaac is a game that I don't think has all that much deep stuff to say about religion or child abuse or parental relationships or anything. I'm not that I'm saying it's trying to say deep things about yeah, those, but, totally. you know, all, the only reason I bring this up is because I don't thematically value it for that reason I value it thematically because it so strongly feels like it comes out of one guy's fucked up brain and his hangups and his upbringing. And not that I'm suggesting he's like, it's autobiographical, but (laughs) but it's very clearly like someone who is, who just, if he were around in the seventies would have been making underground alternative comics that are like this, but now, but he's, He's a video game developer, so he makes this game. Right. And I the, really like the, that. the pachinko machine that is Edmund McMillan's brain yeah. is the <laughs> only one that you could drop the marbles down and you'd get the binding of Isaac. Like yes, exactly. And I think his original art style that he said he said he drew that entire every asset in that game in two months. And he sees that as a a failing or like a a part of the game that is not as good as it could be. I see that as an awesome thing totally. that makes the game feel totally cohesive. Well, it means he had a complete game that had its own, like, just done in two months also. Just made it, yeah. I mean, the game probably took more than I two mean, months like, to I mean, like, from an but, art standpoint, there's something yeah. to be said for you have a fully realized... I rest my case. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like going from nothing to the complete aesthetic that shipped in The Binding of Isaac in two months and just having that be open and shut. Right. Yeah, there's something about that that I think is really potent. In a, in yeah. a different way. Yes, definitely. Um, and I understand why he... Man, it keeps sounding like I'm farting, but it's this chair. I believe sure, you. Sure, Jake. I um, <laughs> he seems like he was never happy with how that game looked, or and I, which I understand, right? Like, it's hard to judge your own work the same way that other people will judge your work. But, you know, there was something I really liked about how DIY it felt. Yeah. Um, and how, how much of a personal expression as ridiculous of one as it was like that is like i've, I've seen some comments for, from people who have 
only played that game for the first time now that um, the new game is out, which I can understand. I mean, that's part of the reason for releasing a remake of a game is you hope you'll find a bigger audience. And I've seen some people just be like, what the hell is this? It's just disgusting <laughs> and gross and like yeah. really nasty. And I, I totally understand that reaction. But I think that the fact that he made something that is that off putting is kind of <laughs> kind of great. Like kind of great. Yeah. Like it's yeah. not, uh, you know, I, I don't. It was probably not on purpose, but in the first game, in the original game, especially because of like, I don't know if the, does the new version have the like sort of weird breathy preachy edmund mcmillan reading the story of the binding of isaac Mm -hmm. because that opening coupled with that art style uh, being like it it looking the way that it doesn't telling the story of a kid who's getting locked in the basement and then he goes on these crazy adventures but the game looks in very many ways like it's drawn with a like an adult representing a juvenile hand like it looks like an art style that Mm -hmm. evolved from the way that he drew goofy little gross things as a child like the way edmund himself definitely yeah for sure I think the game looking like a stylized version of something that could come from the hand of a child helped the poop and gross <laughs> monsters and all that stuff maybe feel a little more okay. I think you're actually right about because that. Because there's That's a good something – because this is obviously this, a, a stupid read on The Binding of Isaac, but one could go so far as to say that he was thrown in the basement by his mom and then just drew all this stuff. And yeah. that's what it is. You know, like, that's obviously not what it is, but it feels – it but feels that's like an awful space. Whereas yeah. now this yeah. is like we've hired a bunch of professional video game artists to render in immaculate detail a poo and a fly that lands in poo. <laughs> yes. Like and poo that you squish. You know, like <laughs> a coat hanger correct. that comes out of your head. Like it's just like yeah. w- when that stuff is totally slapdash, it feels like it's forgivable in a way that it's not when it's professionally rendered because it's slapdash. Like it's what you draw on the margins of something when you're a funny anyone when you're a bored yeah. person in school you draw a fucking poo and a fly landing on it in the yeah. corner of your notes when your notes are about death of a salesman you know like, right right um yeah. but you probably don't then Hire have a, a career artist. where you <laughs> yes. draw art of poo unless you're trying to say something very specific with it right no that's a really good point and i i think that is exacerbated by some of the other aesthetic choices in this version of the game which i'm not crazy about like it has more sophisticated lighting and things like procedural glow right, around so your character. Right, it feels like the Spelunky to Spelunky just, HD treatment in some ways then. Yes, although... Like from a tech standpoint, it feels like they looked at from some a of the text, blogs. From a tech standpoint, yeah. yeah. But like it, it says something different than Spelunky to Spelunky HD. Spelunky to Spelunky HD is like more primitive pixel art to more advanced pixel art, where this is like... A totally different yeah yeah it's a different look. like yeah i feel i feel weird having such an extreme read on it as someone who didn't play a lot of the binding of isaac but i'd like yeah i i, I you played some of it though right i, I did, you did yeah. i played it i didn't play the new one at all but i i do feel like there's something really powerful in a game that looks like it's something that someone could have just thrown away yeah totally but what is but it's actually an incredibly deep thing that you can put hundreds of hours into. Mm-hmm. Like agree. in the same way of like, not in the same way, but like it feels like you buy a comic by an independent comic artist that is incredibly meticulously made, like a Fantagraphics book or, you know, whatever. Like Chris Ware. Or whatever. Yeah, like, or mm-hmm. yeah, any any guys of that sort of era and, and ilk. And then you see them at Comic-Con and they have like a paperback sketchbook that's just a bunch of shit that they that they threw away and that probably does just have a weird mix of 
beautiful character studies, occasionally really poignant stuff, and then just a guy with a huge boner or whatever. You know, like it's just all that <laughs> yeah. shit is just in there. And like, I don't know, this is just the thing that I don't care about. Right. <laughs> but like, there's also value in that in a, in a very For different sure. way. Like, yes. you can still you can still be emotionally affected by it and stuff. But that doesn't. I don't know if you should take your sketchbook and then Up-res it. redraw all of it as a high definition thing. <laughs> sure. Although I guess I think Chris Ware actually has probably done that. But I'm sure. Well, I mean, <laughs> probably everyone does that, but, but the, in some form or another, but I think as you say, the particular subject matter of this game felt and like just sort of the thematic framing of it felt, I think quite suited to Ed McMillan's style which makes sense because the entire aesthetic component of that game was solely created by Edmund McMillan, yeah. right? He worked with Florian Himsel as, as the programmer, but like the entire story conception and, and like visual design of that game all came directly from McMillan's brain. So like it kind of makes sense that that all worked as one thing. Right. And obviously he's welcome to like the new version more. It's course, his, it's his game it and people yeah, who play it are more than welcome to enjoy the new yeah. version more for and all the things that it offers. Like yes, it's more polished. Definitely. But and like, I think once you've gotten to the point where you've kind of digested your reading of this game and now you're just kind of playing it for the game that it is, which I totally understand because uh, I got to that point with the Binding of Isaac for sure, right? Like, on hour 150, you're not really thinking about like, oh, it's like a kid doodling in the margins. You're just you're just running levels, and that's what I was doing, and that's totally fine. And so, in that light, it makes total sense. That you want you just like, okay, I just need a version that actually runs on my fucking computer, <laughs> like doesn't break and isn't right. a piece of shit. Doesn't have slow down when there's 16 yeah. guys. So that's totally fine. But as right. someone who then had a year of break in between and was sort of reapproaching it as just an artifact, it was less impactful to me. Yeah, because I, I think it probably has left some things behind yeah. that it may not have meant to or that mm-hmm. maybe or that, speak to Edmund McMillan right. in, as a third-person observer of his yeah. own work, but yeah. spoke to people more or whatever. Yep. It Anyways, left some poo behind. There, what happened. I think the thing is it took all the poo, but it left some other stuff. Yeah. In the list. <laughs> it was sure to take all the poo. Yes. All the poo is in there. I it moved. The it, sounds are louder, well, too. They totally are. Yeah, right? Oh, my God. It took all the poo... From its weird ramshackle, <laughs> dilapidated, gross house that was barely holding together, and then it set the poo down in this nice, brand new mansion—a <laughs> poo mansion—and maybe, maybe poo just doesn't fit as well in a mansion as it does yeah. smeared on the wall of a ramshackle <laughs> old house. Right. I think what I would say is it took right. the poo and is not giving it back. That's what <laughs> I would also say. Um, uh. Sorry, we we just. No, we've ruined forever. our podcast. Well, that ruined was delightful. It. Yeah, we, we did. That's one of those in jokes that we have on the podcast that um, we don't talk about poo. No, we talk about poo. No, we talk about poo. We sadly also frequently talk about Kangaroo Jack. We actually we <laughs> don't talk about Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> That's true. And yet we only reference the poster to Kangaroo Jack. We reference the tag <laughs> to the poster to the film Kangaroo Jack. Um, he stole the money and he's not giving it back. Oh. When we were doing the Kickstarter, it was so hard to not talk about Kangaroo Jack. It was in fact so hard to not talk about him that we talked about him within three minutes of the first Kickstarter podcast. Yes. <laughs> um, so what's your experience with Isaac? Uh, oh, Isaac. Like? I barely played the first. I just sort of, you know, experienced a tiny little taste mm-hmm. of the first. Okay. And then now I'm I'm playing Isaac uh, with 
my girlfriend. I'm playing co-op and I'm I'm having fun with that. That is, I believe, a new. Oh right, there's mode. co-op also. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man, I and totally I'm really enjoying that that it. Exists. Is yeah. it all online co-op or, or is it? Uh, well, I mean, we're playing it same screen. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's online. It might very well be. God, I totally forgot about that that part of it. Yeah, it's it's really fun. It's cool. I mean, you know, I bet it's. It, this whole discussion of aesthetics has been really, really interesting, um, and I'm having all these thoughts about it. But, you know, in terms of just my experience, it, it's been really fun. I'm not good at it. You know, I only played probably an hour of the original, so just playing a yeah. little bit now, I'm just getting my Isaac legs, I guess you would call mm-hmm. them, maybe. Maybe you wouldn't want to call them that. Um, I'm sort of playing as the little – so there's Isaac, and then if you're the co-op player, which I, I'm yeah. chiefly the co-op player because I'm not very good at this game. My girlfriend is a lot better at it she's played it a lot more um you know i'm sort of the little fetus dude who's is kind of hanging out with isaac and you know. so is the cop character always a support character or is it two are you technically two isaacs or uh, you're i believe you're pretty much always a support character i only have one heart and it's from isaac basically um of and, course man that's good that's you know. classic uh thematic isaac stuff it's i was wondering good, yeah because um whenever i actually just think of binding of isaac in like in a half second my brain always thinks of it in the in terms of Legend of Zelda, because the dungeons sure. have the same yeah, art as Zelda, yeah, totally. but really, oh, yeah. but really the- though, the way the game plays is closer to something like Smash TV. Oh, absolutely, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. 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 and Smash it, TV is fucking fun with multiple Zelda players. Zelda more yes. than it feels like it. Yes, There's, well, that reminds me though. One thing that they added in this game, which I guess is cool, it it feels fine. I don't have a strong opinion about it. Is that rooms now can be bigger than one like screen so to speak yes so rooms can be double-sized right in other words they can actually start scrolling which it's is actually way closer isn't that to something like smash tv than it is to zelda like uh, games like that are more I likely thought smash to tv was room by room the same as is zelda it? i thought dungeons. the game had scrolls i guess it doesn't there no, are there so. are top-down games of that style maybe it does sure. like top-down two-stick yeah. uh there killer are, yeah, games yeah, yeah. like that but yeah you know you're right i think that game might be all one thing too yeah, which is kind of cool and interesting because in rooms like that i as the co-op player i cannot you know go too far from isaac like the screen will actually like i will just have sort of a range around isaac that i can get to and i can't see very well you know sort of what's around me if i'm sort of at the end of that range yeah um but it works really well i'm having a lot of fun with it um in terms of just pure gameplay um i've been streaming it with my girlfriend and we've just sort of been laughing at the poo and and, you know like the five-year-olds that we are but man speaking of streaming Yes. We are going to be, oh. uh, Danielle is going to be doing some more regular streaming from yes. the Idle Thumbs Twitch channel starting really soon. Yeah. Whenever we can remember our password. <laughs> as soon as I get Twitch that password, channel. I'll be in there. Um, so uh, <laughs> we are going to reset our password and then we are going to hook Danielle up with it. And then if you go to twitch.tv slash Idle Thumbs, you sign up there, you'll get notified whenever she goes live. Or anyone else, but probably mainly her. <laughs> It'll be a lot of me. You'll hear my Rhode Island accent. I usually use my oh, accent yes. to uh, to read any in-game text in most of the games that I stream. Well, guess I'm watching Twitch <laughs> soon. <laughs> you get the pure experience there. Cool. Yep. All right. That'll be fun. Uh, cool. Well, I will. Um, I complete, can't believe I totally forgot about the co-op component of this thing. Um, it's a, That's a really obvious get. Yeah, uh, I just forgot that it exists. I guess because I just don't, I just don't really play a lot of multiplayer these days for a lot of reasons. Sure. Um, yeah, but that's cool. I'm glad that it's fun. Yeah, I wonder if it has stuff in it that is either co-op only or more easily accessible through co-op. Ooh. The way that Isaac had, uh, or not Isaac, the way that Spelunky had. Man, isn't there like that eggplant character or something in Spelunky that is more oh, like so you, can, you, you can? You can. It's not a character. So. 
the eggplant run is a thing we've talked about ages ago on Idle Thumbs. Basically, you have like a very fragile item that you have to carry through the entire game. And but it's, the, basic, it's sort of impossible to do. Right. Someone did a solo eggplant run, but it was, player. it was, but it's it, really meant the to solo eggplant run was notable enough that like articles are written about it, but yes, it's, it's yes. intended that you pass it back and forth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I wonder if Isaac has anything like that. That's sort of, if you're playing two player, there's a secondary objective. I, I will so, investigate. I will report back. You probably won't even have to because we'll just be told. That's true. <laughs> We're going to get told. You're right. Actually. We're going to get told. People about, will talk about, about the Isaac things. eggplant. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still going to investigate. You should. Please do. You're a journalist after all. Just for fun. You know, it's as an investigative journalist into the world of Isaac. As a video game journalist, you should find out. <laughs> this is the sort of hard-hitting and also objective coverage that we're hoping for. Absolutely. Is there content in The Binding of Isaac Rebirth tailored to multiplayer co-op play? I don't know this. I'm not near a computer or close enough to one to look it up for myself. So I expect you, a journalist, to find this information and give it to me because that is what journalism is and should be. Hard hitting. That is journalism at its least corrupt and most beneficial to me, a lazy customer. (laughs) Thank you, dear reader. uh, I'll keep doing that. That's me. Dear reader, Jake. Dear reader. Speaking of readers, speaking of dear readers, yeah. do oh, we yeah. want to hear things from them? From yeah, those dear uh, readers? I think we probably do. Um, <laughs> I suppose. So here's here's a here's a quick one that's that's nice, I think. Um, here's a nice from nice. It's from Bro One. Oh, Christian no. Young. Bro writes, One writes <laughs> Dear Idle Thumbs Crew. This is Christian Young, not Bro One. He writes, Excellent. Dear Idle Thumbs Crew, while I know Danielle might not be on the next podcast, you, that's where you're wrong. What? Uh, I want to thank you as well as her for pointing me in the direction of her game, The Wonderful World of Dad Jokes. Oh, goodness. My dad died quite recently, and as we can all relate to, he had his own brand of dad jokes. It was really good to play a game about such a societal phenomenon, while at the same time, it really had a deeper connection with me, and obviously Danielle as well. I love the idea of it so much that based on your recommendation, I did a Let's Play of it, of me playing it for the first time over a gaming channel I do with my partner and friends. You don't have to mention the channel if you don't want to, as I don't want to sound like a plug. Um, But I will anyway. It's It's Sly Tiger Gaming. That was me, Chris, saying I will yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, I don't want to sound like a blog, but I will anyway, right? To this reader, <laughs> um, who I'm cooling to rapidly. Yeah. No. Um. It was Sly Tiger Gaming, so you can search for that if you like. Uh, he says, I just wanted to let you and Danielle know that I really like hearing recommendations from you about games like this. He's <laughs> like, like games like this? Does he mean ones you made? Yeah. <laughs> um, I will often take notes during your podcast and go play the games when I get home. I told everyone I knew about the two rooms in a boom game that you and Anita raved about um, because you took the time to explain it to us. So thanks for that. And I would love to know, who do you turn to for gaming recommendations? Cheers, Christian. I turn to Danielle. I generally turn to Danielle. (laughs) Oh, that's excellent. Well, I I just just want to say thank you. That's like really heartwarming. That's really sweet. I know. You know, touch somebody. I, I sort of like, I showed my dad the game while I was developing it. And, you know, I don't see him as often. It makes me a little sad. I'm, I'm pretty close with my dad in real life. And so... I sort of, that almost brings a tear to my eye. I don't want to cry on the podcast, but that's super sweet. So thank you for saying that and liking the thing. So as far as game recommendations, I would be willing to wager that you get some from Patricia. I do. I definitely do. And I'm so lucky. Like as as a game journalist, I get codes and I get to play a lot of things. And, you know, so I I play a lot of crap, but I also play a lot of really amazing games. Um, I get a lot from Patricia. I get a lot from... Just sort of the most interesting folks I talk to on Twitter. A lot of yeah, the sort of Twitter, indie designers. Twitter is like I would say yeah, a it, huge 
thing. My friend me, it's just... Liz gives me a lot of great recommendations. She likes a lot of like really cool and interesting sort of underground indie stuff. So, you know, they yeah. get it from cool people in my life. If I see a few mentions of a game in close succession on Twitter, I generally look at it and go, oh, cool, nice. I should play that. And then I and don't. Then don't. <laughs> and then I don't. Yeah. Because I'm the worst host of any video game podcast ever produced. That's true. Well, I have this pretty cush job where I get to play games a lot. So I know, you know yeah. It's, it's kind of like, <laughs> I, yeah, I kind of get to do it, it for work easier. and it's yeah, kind of nice. Sure. So, And I didn't say cush to be sarcastic. I actually mean like that is a cush aspect of this job that I have. I would so call it a cush aspect. Yes, a cush aspect, yes. I would call you cush aspect attorney at law. <laughs> cush aspect uh, CPA. Cush aspect MD. Uh, okay, let's see what else we have here. Um, uh, there's a whole thing about Payday 2, but I'll wait till Sean's back for that. Um, here's a good one. I appreciate uh, Brandon Hennessy writes, Hi Thumbs, a reader in your last episode shared a story about being stuck in Porto Novo in 80 days with no money after being... Stuck traveling there on a slaver ship, having to beg for a month to cover the cost of the 4,000-pound ticket to Freetown. There's actually a second, much cheaper way out of Porto Novo, which I took on my fourth playthrough, but it is the roughest journey of the entire game by far. You have to join up with an actual slaver caravan on a grueling eight-day slave hunting expedition to Timbuktu. It is physically and emotionally draining, and Passapartout is so ashamed of it that he's reluctant to even start narrating. I won't spoil any specifics, but suffice it to say it was absolutely brutal, and after getting to Timbuktu, I felt like human garbage. On top of everything else, the journey took so long that I lost the wager anyway, so it was literally all for nothing. I should have just begged. Best, Brandon. Wow, crazy. That game sounds Yeah, this game so is good. out of yeah. control. It is so good. It's, ugh. That is a great thing. And it's hard to imagine that being done at, similarly uncompromisingly in a game that is, like, has graphically graphics. more representational. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That is really cool. That's kind of cool. I mean, that the cool in a horrible way, right? Right. Yeah, not, it's yes. cool that the game is saying those things. Like in sort of like a wishful sort of way. Wishful sort of way. Let's see what else we have here. Um, Kush Aspect writes in. Alex Lovendahl writes, Hi Thumbs. Call me I'm Kush curious, Aspect. I'm curious to know what your feelings are on old school arcade games. I've been playing through all my weird arcade collections, like Sonic's Ultimate Genesis collection, and spent an especially large amount of time this week playing Space Harrier and Fantasy Zone. They're not meant to be played without onlookers, score chasing, and quarters to sink into the machine, but I wonder if you guys have fond memories for any particular kind of arcade game, or even these games in particular. Keep up the great work, Daniel. It's been a great addition to the show, and for The Sims 3 story, thank you, Nick Bregan, Alex Lovendahl. I would like to add to thank Nick Bregan for that as well. That was an amazing story from Nick. I was obsessed with Crazy Taxi. Oh, I me was too. A crazy Except I never taxi. played in the arcade. I only played oh, it on really? I played like, Dreamcast. Dreamcast. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I played it on my Dreamcast, but I also definitely, you know, mall arcade in Rhode Island. Uh, That's cool. Saw quite I'm a jealous bit of... <laughs> of people who had the arcade experience with that game because I didn't even know it was an arcade game. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it just. I just wasn't an arcade kid. It's such an amazingly well designed racing whatever oh, game yeah, it's like great. it's just such an awesome game it, it you know i still have such fond memories and i played the sequel on the dreamcast i played all of the crazy taxi mm-hmm. games and i recently i was visiting a friend who had just had surgery and we played crazy taxi like oh, nice. uh, you drove people to taco bell i did you drove them to kfc i so did to kfc and i love how drove them those yum brands they they also like 
oh my god, all the little people in the game also had, like, personalities. It was almost as if, like, I don't know if you ever did this with Mario or whatever, but if you poured over the entirety of the instruction booklet in the Dreamcast version, there <laughs> were, like, personalities to each one of these little people. Like, one of the women was a psychology student at the university, and she really likes going to these restaurants or whatever. It was just amazing and nuts and wonderful. Everything about that game was really, really great. Yeah, my, my experience with the arcade at this point, is just wishing that I had gone to the arcade more when I was a kid. <laughs> I know, me too. As an adult, whenever I'm in an ar- in a video arcade, especially one that is not a total, like, on its way out of business one, but, like, sure. any arcade that's reasonably full, whether it's in a mm-hmm. mini golf course or something yeah. crazy like Ground Control in Portland, totally. all that I, I just enjoy it. I like being in arcades. I like playing arcade games. And it makes me sad that I only, like... I probably had the number of weekends that I was able to go to an arcade as a kid. I can count on one hand. Yeah, me and too. And like, I enjoyed it, but it was, like, it was not... For me, it was never an arcade. It was like, we're at the movie theater, and they have the sad little room with four cabinets <laughs> right. in it, and yeah. I go to there. Yeah, yeah like, the, the bowling alley in our town had an arcade and then a couple, uh, a couple places like that, but, like, yeah. I don't know. I, like... So, so mine are all weird ones that are, like, at my doctor's office, there was a Pac-Man cocktail table. Right thing That's and great. at the movie theater there was tubin and which i love i love tubin tubin, <laughs> tubin is, tubin is, is one of the games. and they had the simpsons arcade game too at my movie theater. oh i was yeah. gonna say i i had a long running we you know as rhode islanders we ate a lot of pizza and at our like family pizza place we would we would go and not just go to pick up pizza we would go and order it and just sit there for half an hour and mm. you know sort of do that so i feel like i actually got quite a bit of simpsons arcade time yeah in in my life of eating pizza in rhode island <laughs> when i was at xoxo in portland i guess that was in september they had an event, uh, they had a, a free play event at Ground Control, which is the arcade and bar in Portland. And the thing, aside from the Pac-Man Battle Royale, the thing that I played oh, the yes. most, man, I might have talked about this. I played a lot of 720 Degrees. Oh, nice. By which I, by which I mean I played it at all beyond, like, because <laughs> it, was, it was in free play, so I was actually able to play it. Oh, and yeah. I thought that I was doing okay. Um, and then Bennett Foddy, the guy who made uh, Quop and Pole Riders and worked on uh, Sports Friends, came by and said oh man they have 720 degrees this is my favorite game and then and awesome i've never heard anyone say 720 degrees it's i mean well that is what it is it's it's called a 720 but it is 720 and a degree symbol yeah because it's a it's you know a double you guys both no he said that i i don't remember what he said um i totally don't remember what he called (laughs) the game but he said you know this game's great it's got all, all sorts of stuff that i like and there's a system to it that i've gotten pretty good at let's give it a go and i just watched him he started on difficult because you can choose what starting point it was and just watched him just destroy this game like the way that game works i also have never been alive in in 720 long enough to understand the structure of that game <laughs> sure but like yeah. it has an overworld that has a bunch of challenges in it and then diff- i've never played this game and then i've a, seen it and then in different areas there's the there's upgrades boat, yeah. for your board pads helmet um you gotta be able to upgrade your pads and your helmet. They make they make you a better skateboarder because they want kids in the eighties <laughs> or early nineties to yeah. learn that like if you have sick <laughs> safety gear, right. you're more sick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then there's also a bunch of events. There's downhill. There's slalom. There's like a trick ramp and uh, like a racer. I don't remember what they all are, but like he had the order of operations down for how to go around this thing so that he always had the gear that was the best for the next event and the money he won would always spend. But it's an arcade game. It has all these things that if they were in a console game now, it would just be like free ride around the skate park and then join an event whenever you want. But since this is an arcade game, when you're out in the overworld, there's a ticking clock 
And if the clock starts oh, getting low, a swarm of bees just starts chasing you around. So, so then awesome. though it's a press your luck situation if you're good at the game because you then are like. So this is like the ghost in Spelunky. Yeah, totally it is. Is. it is like the Ghost of Spunky, because if you do extra tricks and do <laughs> weird moves out there, you get more money and more points, which you can use to then quickly drive by an upgrade station and sneak one extra upgrade in before time runs out to jump yeah. into one of the minigames. Yeah. And it was fun to watch. Um, that's that also, that's all, it's also a game that um, its controller is, it is a joystick, but it's a joystick at an angle that, like, so it's sort of, imagine a joystick, like, permanently 45 degrees tipped but then it's not actually mounted on a joystick mount i think it's mounted on like a really stiff steering wheel because what you actually do is you then rotate it around almost like a crank wow and that's what controls the cur the the um the turn of the skateboarder but it means that you can jump and then quickly turn the crank around a whole bunch to make your guy do really fast flips in the air you have to do 720 degree rotation so watching someone who's good at that game do the tricks on the half pipe but then also just like Like it makes it like <laughs> rumble. I don't, anyway, that, it's like a physical performance was, too. Yeah, yeah, that was my most recent arcade experience. Was watching Bennett Fuddy uh, wreck seven twenty for a while, and like that was actually really notable. And it was again made me be like, "Geez, if I was like, if I had been a right. kid who somehow had a bunch of quarters, I could actually this could have been a thing that I played when it was new." Yeah, um, but I never would have been able to appreciate it the way that that goddamn Quop and Sports Friends guy uh, did. Awesome. Anyway, Amazing. my my most kind of. Uh, notable even relatively recent arcade experience was when i went to california extreme which is a local uh pinball and arcade showcase uh here in in the bay area california um this was i don't know three years ago maybe we went down to california extreme and i found a clax machine clax is not a game i'm sure i talked about this so i won't talk about it long which is a game that i'd never played before um it's k-l-a-x um, and the tagline is, it is the 90s and there is time for clacks, which is amazing. It's fucking amazing. The game came out in the 80s, by the way. So uh, so that's a thing. And then and I just I played it for hours. You have to pay an admission to get into California Extreme. And then once you do, you know, it's a classic expo style arcade thing where you pay once to get in and you play games. For all, they're all in free play. And so awesome. Yeah. I wasted as soon as I found that machine, I wasted my remaining like four hours at this thing <laughs> just playing clacks. I got obs- it's like exactly the kind of thing that I love. It's like a sort of Tetris Tetris ish, not really like Tetris, but there's color blocks that come in down the Tetris from the top of the screen, and then yeah, yeah, you have to you have to match them with like colors, um, and you can match them diagonally, horizontally, vertically. Um, and it, you know, gets faster and faster. Of course, you start getting into that like Tetris flow state where you're oh, just God, like, yeah. boop, 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 just, just flicking the, the stick left and right, so good. um, in fractions of a second and holy crap. And then I spent like months after trying to find a decent online <laughs> Klax version and they're all Klax-like. garbage, of course. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like somebody could, would pick up the Klax baton and just, I think there was an iOS version that, that I played or like Android maybe at the time. I can't remember. And um, it was not the same. What was the uh, the game that was on? I guess either PlayStation or Xbox or something that was by the Medios guy. The game that it it was a rhythm game, but also a bunch of tile based stuff. It had the like the bar that would go across the entire luminous. Luminous, yeah. Geez, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I yeah, that game was great. I played that for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Medios is also. I also Medios I played awesome. for like three for like a summer. 
after the summer after I got my DS, I remember basically the only game I played was Medios. Like the only game I played on like any platform for like three months straight was Medios. I played so much of it. I built every planet. I played that every night before bed for like my um my first year of grad school i seriously played that every that was like my bedtime ritual it was like time for some medios and i would go yeah. to the moon one because i had that chill music and uh-huh. like, all right it's sleepy time now yep <sighs> such an awesome Whoops. game cool you want to call it for this week or you got another one yeah uh we can call it okay all righty thanks for joining us on idle thumbs video game podcast if you like this rate us on itunes write us rate us on itunes rate us and write us Write us at questions at idlethumbs.net. We're on Twitter at idlethumbs. Or on Twitch at twitch.tv slash idlethumbs. Yeah. Where Danielle will be be playing games. (laughs) Yes. What games? I don't know. Probably you'll be looking at Clax clones. Clax, you know, some Clax likes. Be perusing some some Knuckles uh, fan art. Yeah, definitely some of that. Definitely maybe some some Sunless Sea, perhaps. Oh, like a real game. Like a game. One of those video games, perhaps. Cool. Yeah. All right. Good time. Yeah. Stay away from Knuckles. On Twitch, sorry. On Twitch, you generally have to be playing a game or have some sort of game-related content for them to approve your content, they do. right? Yes. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to stop you. They're not going to pop into your channel. I think like, what is this? you can be. I imagine if you're reported <laughs> and you're not doing a game-related thing, you'll you'll be in trouble. But okay. I don't know what it means to be in trouble. For you, you'll just turn you off or cancel your account or something. Because yeah. I, yeah. You'll when talking about that. doing not game related things on there, I immediately thought about just tagging myself as playing Call of Duty <laughs> Advanced Warfare and then have the the stream literally just be me eating a bag of nacho cheese burritos. <laughs> <laughs> Slamming Mountain Dew. Yeah, just like, just <laughs> watching TV. This is what it is to play it. I mean, let's be honest. How much are you going to use your personal Twitch account? And do you really care if it gets banned? I don't know if I've ever actually streamed anything off of my account. Time to start. Time is now. Yeah. Sorry. that. In the words of the great not appearing in this episode, Sean Vanneman, that's not on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> There's a pretty normal Sonic the Hedgehog character. Is this normal Sonic the Hedgehog? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's just a blob. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Like, it looks like they just took Knuckles and then just like, like it's like when you grow, um, when you grow like a like a pumpkin or a squash inside of one of those plastic <laughs> things that lets you make like, a novelty face grow out of it. Like, it feels like they just grew Knuckles into one of those. Like, God, it's so just like the lineup of just da 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 da. What? Huh? Like what? <laughs> I don't like his eyes. But either. like he just looks. Kind of, he's got these weird things kind of his face that just look like more, it making this look, like look more misshapen and bulbous. Yeah. No, it's so good. It's so weird. Oh, just the slow pan by of the lineup where you just. <laughs> and then he just uses this. What? But like here, here's the thing though. If we we all remember what Knuckles used to look like. He just looked like Sonic the Hedgehog, but like with, with like with yeah. cheese with like dreads. dreads. Yeah, yeah. yeah but like they were the same, same probably because they yeah. were actually the same sprite with color swaps and different hair and stuff. But like then, <laughs> Knuckles fucking <laughs> roided up. Look at him! Look at him! Oh, oh, people's oh fucking anime God. versions of oh, him. Oh, people, no. people also are aware. This is 
him saying, I got ripped. <laughs> I got ripped. Like, people all obviously think that this is dumb shit. Did you see that shit? No, what? Oh my god, their pool DLC? The Sims pool DLC? Their pool DLC? Pool DLC? Oh my god, their pool DLC? The pool DLC. It's, it's fucking crazy. Their fucking trailer for the, the pool DLC is a minute 40, 40 of, like, pretty compelling build a pool anywhere in your house on any level with, like, clear walls. Like, cool shit. Like, really, like, you can do all sorts of shit with pools in your Sims homes. And then the last 20 seconds, it's like a guy builds a pool in a yard. Like, and then, like, eight Sims jump in and are partying it down. And the guy just goes, like, and puts a wall around the pool and they all drown. What? What? That's the trailer? That's the trailer! <laughs> and then, like, ghosts are partying in the next scene. <laughs> but, like, a guy baby walls it, and you just hear, like, <gasps> they all die, and then that's how it, like, they introduce the idea of there's now ghosts. Well, souls and ghosts. The Sims is trying the to Donald get sequel. you to c- come to terms with death. Yeah, cool, fun, neon ghost death, though. It's a fable for our age. Delightful. Anyway, it's really strange that it's a really, like, this whatever Sims update and then just baby wall at the end. <laughs> Fucking weird. They know they know what people do. <laughs> they know what Nate Brecken does. It's not, that's all I ever did. That was my only video game news. If we can do 20 minutes on Taylor Swift's 1989, <laughs> I mean... It's so good! <laughs> Accurate response. Fuck you in your fucking fucking face, you motherfucker. It's Trisha fucking good. Won't stop listening to it. It's she won't because stop. it's a good musical album. 